back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode 99, and it is the first part. <laughs> Mike is falling. <laughs> Mike drop already. Here we go. What's going on? Uh, it is the first part Amateur of hour. a very special episode. It is our top 100 movies of all time. <laughs> Definitively. <laughs> <laughs> Based on letterbox well, from what we remember. Sorry, should I be more specific? Our top 100 favorite movies? Yes, because... <laughs> <laughs> That's implied when you say top 100. It is, because definitely I put some higher, even though they're lower score. Yes. Based yeah. on my bias. Um. Yeah, I mean, towards the bottom. For oh, no, my number... Like that, but <laughs> my, all, my top 10 are four stars. Could be. You should love it that much. Um, so the way that we're going to do this is, um, we're going to do, I don't know exactly how many, we have to see how the time breaks down, but, um, we're going to do it split into two episodes. Like I said, uh, probably something like 70, 30, 60, 40 around that range. Um, so top, uh, episode 100 will be the top, however many, <laughs> and our plan for the beer, cause this is in cinema. Is we are drinking 100 ounces each of beer. Uh, it's not all the same beer. We have a variety, and some of them are pretty special. And so we'll talk about each one as we get into it. And it's gonna get rowdy. Yep. Yeah, it'll get interesting. That's that's a better way to say it. And I'm prepared. Oh yeah, definitely. Gotta get hyped for this. No, I mean I have these here. Oh. But, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Body armor ready for me. Fuck you guys. I'm good with water. Um, it's not enough. Need those electrolytes. Definitely. <laughs> Got picklebacks later for that. Turn up. <laughs> okay, so let's um, let's just talk real quick about how this was for you guys. This as an exercise. Um, maybe if you want to briefly describe your list how was it making this (laughs) it was so difficult so it's really easy top 25 even was pretty easy especially top 10 but the further you get out the harder and harder it gets because separating what is my 80th favorite from my 70th favorite movie i'm just like yeah they could just be flipped pretty much it's like just degree, tiny degrees of differences between that point. Yeah, um, I'll go. Josh is still, he uh, had a little glitch in the matrix <laughs> and um, he's trying to correct some things. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I didn't, you know, some people say, well, like, you know, your top 100 should be all of like just whatever you have as the best movies and um, making it, you know, I definitely started off with that as a baseline, but then looking at it, it's like, well, I really, really love this movie and, you know, I just rewatched it recently and watching it with a critical eye, there are these these flaws that I see in it, you know, very obvious flaws, but I still love it so much. It's, I've rewatched it more than any other movie. Can it, I have to have it on my list, right? Exactly. I did the same thing. So, and that's where like, you know, a lot of the top ones are, you know, all five-star movies for me, but um, there are some other ones that sneak in there that are, you know, not five stars, not even four and a half, but I've love it immensely and I've rewatched it more times than I can count and 
you know, I can quote every line in it. A lot of those are comedies, obviously. You know, they typically don't tend to be the most well-made films, but you love them all the same for whatever reason. Some of it's nostalgia um, in some of these movies. So, yeah, I would say that's that's what it came down to. And then really mixing those into super well-made movies that maybe I've only seen once or twice. It's like, where yeah. do I put those? Because... <laughs> It's like, you know, well, I love this. I obviously love this more. I know it more, but I think this is like a flawless film. Yeah, that's how I get sometimes because there's movies that are like, yeah, I watched it. I only maybe want to watch that like one time, but it was like perfection for that one time. And maybe I'm not as excited to watch that yeah, a like second time because it's heavy. Or, well, yeah, I've watched the Lighthouse like <laughs> 15 times. But some movies are like really heavy and or maybe they're really long and I don't want to watch it. But then an hour and a half movie I've seen 15 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's definitely... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'll talk briefly because I am st- my, my list completely reset. <laughs> so I'm trying to go off of memory. But um, yeah, it, it proved challenging, especially considering... I haven't been able to log a lot of my movies and it's yeah, like, I can't go back. Yeah. It's very like, far. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could, you could think of, I mean, anyone can say, Oh yeah, I, I, this is one of the top hundred movies where you're like, how, it's like, how do you justify it? Or like, is it actually comparatively to the rest of the hundred? It's, you know, it's kind of, it's difficult, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, then like Jacob was saying, like toward the end of the list, it's like, Mm. And I definitely and know this is like I said, based on a lot of minor letterbox entries because that's what we that's have. What that's <laughs> why and we watched it recently. Yeah, that's what my my standard is, I guess. I'm so. sure there's gonna be mm-hmm. movies you guys say, and I'm like, well, fuck. Of course, that should have been in my top 100, and oh, now yeah. I put some random yeah. thing in there that was what I thought of at the time. But yeah, that definitely should have been above that. So yeah, that goes back to you know this this episode being. Uh, somewhat of a cliche now amongst movie podcasts. Um, oh, it's episode 100. You got to do your top 100. And, um, you know, I've been watching movies. I mean, we've all been watching movies for a long time. I've been logging them and rating them for a lot longer than you guys. So I have yeah. a lot more to pull from. Um, but maybe, you know, in the future we can, like I said, do something special where we can revisit this as an exercise. Um, we can publish these lists and you can, you know, draw from them and say, oh, I, you know, I wanted to put that in my top 100. Maybe now this will be something where you can draw from and say, I'll either want to rewatch this or check it out and, um, you know, have, we know our, our tastes and what we're into. So, which mine is officially posted as of today. (laughs) So, okay. I'll post it. It is there. (laughs) Yeah. I post (laughs) by the time you're listening to this. Yeah. It it will already, (laughs) all of ours will already be. Yeah, exactly. Public. So, all right. Well, uh, that about covers the intro and things. Should we get into our first featured beer? Yes. Yes, we should. You want me to pull it up since if you I, still I, have to? I have already. Um, are, are you good? I feel good enough. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it then. I have it brought up right here. All right. So we are starting with Pie Face. Now we have, I think, five or six beers here that we're going to drink over the course of the episode. I think it's more like seven or eight. Okay. Seven or eight. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we're starting from uh, light to dark. So we're going to start with the fruited sour of course and uh this is a banana coconut cream pie fruited sour from hoosier brewing new brewery that which we've is have not had obviously indiana yeah mm-hmm. well maybe not obviously depending on where you're from 
I'll read the description that's on Untapped here. Coming in at 5.5% ABV, dessert in a glass, banana up front of the, of the palate and the nose, then a rush of smooth, silky coconut smothered in a graham cracker, cinnamon, and vanilla blanket sends you to the finish line. Super smooth mouthfeel and not too tart. Sounds amazing. Mm, look at that picture. That looks beautiful. It does. That's a fancy glass. Keep cold, drink soon. Probably should have drank this one sooner um, because of the style. Hopefully that doesn't affect the taste because we've had this one for a while. Mm, probably fine. Probably, but I did hear that it, in these these types you're supposed to drink sooner sooner than others. So It's kind of uh I mean, we've had really a bunch of these before. Label. Nothing unique to... Uh, mm. I'm interested to see what it's going to taste like. Yeah, Probably it's got a 4.22. But is it going to be bananas or banana E? It does have banana up front and then, I don't know. Well, All let's right. try it. Yeah. Um, Beer number Uno. Yes, yeah, it's one of those dessert ounce sours. So. Ounce one. Ounce one through 16. <laughs> so we need to have, um, we need to be through 84 by the time we're done with this. Are we doing a power hour? <laughs> theoretically? <laughs> yeah, theoretically. You know I'll be done by then. <laughs> Jacob will be done by ja- fucking... We'll be, we'll be in the top, like, 30, we'll, and Jacob's like, oh, we're, I'm all out of beer. <laughs> we're thirds of the beer, guys. <laughs> we need the beer. Oh, it's, my God. It's so cinnamon. You should definitely roll it if you didn't before. I, did, I yeah. did a little bit, but I'm going to pour mine because I think, yeah. It literally looks like fucking baby food at the Cause, end. Yeah, because I can Look. see the top and it's way clear. It's yeah, we need to pour these because it's gonna affect the taste. It oh smells my like god, ba- like baby food. I already yeah. tasted a sip of it. Oh my gosh, yeah, I did shake it and inverted it too, and it's still. Oh, there's some things. Dude, literally, <laughs> some baby, goops. it smells like it. There's some goops coming out. Oh my, yeah, dude, could you imagine that last gulp if you wouldn't have done that? Yeah, it would have been like that drink that Jacob had. Jacob ate we'll Get the a little surprise at the end. <laughs> yep. Not the surprise you want. This is so thick and creamy. What else do I drink that's thick and creamy and I love? This one's more sour yeah, than I... Mine's perfect. usually... <laughs> the, I usually prefer the salty, but sour is mm. good too. <laughs> Yeah, it's still Yum. good. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah, it's delicious as fuck. It, it's There's, amazing. It definitely <laughs> like cinnamon in this with... I was hoping it'd be like banana. It li- tastes like a pie crust to me. Artificial banana. It so tastes, like tastes... It's way better than I thought it'd be, honestly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like banana flavor a lot. Yeah, I like but I bananas, love bananas. Yeah. <laughs> which are different things, by the way. Mm. This is great. Yeah, it's pretty it tastes much... like yogurt. It yeah, I just like love when um, food. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it it does it really does taste exactly like that description reads and like that's what you know that's how you know that they nailed it like it has the banana up front, cinnamon and graham cracker, coconut. Yeah, I, I kind of taste it. I don't really taste the coconut. That's yeah, the it's, weakest it's, flavor. It in is there. the yeah. It's the most subtle but for sure. Yeah, vanilla, cinnamon, banana. Mm-hmm. It's there. Definitely. Mm. Mm, sorry, I'm slacking already. Oh! There's a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get on it. Okay. Um, 
So Pie Face, you'd recommend if you can find it. Definitely. All right. Well, if you guys are ready, Jacob, why don't you kick her off with number 100? Maybe I don't want to kick it off. Okay. Number 94. <laughs> start there. Yeah. I want to start. All right. So my number 100 is The Untouchables. Brian De Palma. Wait, the was Intouchables? It, no, the French Intouchables. Oh, Intouchables. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said the Untouchables. There was one that was an American one that I don't think was ever said to be like a remake of this, but it was like, like exactly the same story. I don't mm. know. Maybe I'm making that up. But okay, the Untouchables. Don't know if either of you guys already made this shit up and we're five <laughs> ounces, four ounces in. <laughs> it was totally made up by this other director in America. You guys would know. It was stupid. Uh, so this directed by, yeah, I don't know, Helique. They don't look like French names. Olivier Nakache. Nakache. And I remember this. I watched this movie. Let's see. It came out in 2011. So I watched it around then. I remember I just really enjoyed the story. It was one. I started really getting into uh, international movies at that time. And this was a French movie that I heard was really good. Watched it, loved it. It was basically a story of a caretaker who's taking care of this like rich guy in a wheelchair. And then they became like a friendship and just that bond over time. It was basically just their story of the older guy who kind of gave up. Now he's paralyzed and everything. And then the younger guy who gave him reasoning for caring at all again, like living life again, showing him he could still live life despite his disability. And yeah, it was just a really heartwarming story from what I remember. Don't remember a lot of details, but a lot of it. (laughs) I did like it a lot. (laughs) Enough to make my top 100, apparently. But I don't know. I think this one might be worth a rewatch. Maybe it falls way down now based on how (laughs) my thought process is now. But asterisks and all these. Yeah, (laughs) asterisks, especially these lower ones here. I tried to get a lot of international ones in it because I figure like there's less of a chance that you guys might have seen it. So might be something or anybody. Yes, this isn't for us. This is for you. <laughs> uh, no, this is my thought process oh, behind okay. some of these because <clears throat> there's other movies I could have put in here mm. that were, but it's obvious. too obvious. Yeah, too obvious. I need to get those in there that I knew were good because this is and the de facto not, list. Obviously. This is the de facto list. Never will change. <laughs> yeah. This is no fluid. This is cemented into into the cyberspace. Yeah. So definitely I want to rewatch it. And I think if you guys haven't seen it, old me would definitely recommend it. So <laughs> and it's a foreign letterbox. So must be pretty good <laughs> still. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. My number 100 is V for Vendetta. A somewhat of a poignant film <laughs> during Pretty the time. relevant, but I think it always like relevant. The world like ended based on a virus, basically, right? Isn't there like some pandemic going on? Or that's what the the premise of the. I think it is. Anyway, Revolution. Number 100 of all time. <laughs> I remember Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, directed by James McTeague, the writers. Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugo Weaving is V. Natalie Portman, obviously, is in it. 
Um, and I just, you know, this is a movie that Jake and I like for some oh, reason. Yeah. And I couldn't put it too high because I like always forget so many details of it. <laughs> yeah. And it was just something that we would put on because it was like we would love the the. I mean, scene. there was the scene. Yeah. The when scene. V's introduction. So um, I had to base this he, off of one scene, basically. Yeah. Hugo <laughs> kicked ass in that scene. Yeah. So good. Um, I mean, he kills it overall for having a mask on. Mask on. Yeah, but he's that great. Had no, yeah, emotion. But he's like Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that person be Vendetta, in case you haven't seen it. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. All right, my one hundred. Now, this is going to be either controversial or fully embraced or well nothing else or but uh i think the i think the 100 in your top 100 can be a little bit of a fun pick let's say (laughs) i like all this like preamble to it (laughs) well you'll know why when you hear it my number 100 is tommy Wiseau's the room oh shit wow great one i mean i'm okay with that (laughs) obviously this is one of the worst movies ever made but it is enjoyed by many and beloved by many and i am one of those i mean it was a passion made project right yeah i don't really give a shit about all that i mean yeah (laughs) he he put a bunch of money into it and shit but like who cares it still sucks like the the love behind it comes from just the quotability of it the rewatchability of it this the so bad it's good nature it was truly like one of those first movies that i watched that was like that and uh, Josh actually introduced it to me and watching really? it with him and um, mm-hmm. someone else w- it was just like one of the best times I had watching a movie. It was so funny. We just kept rewinding and rewatching parts. And, and the more you drink, amazing. the better it gets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those movies on Letterboxd where the <laughs> there's no curve at all. It's literally a field goal yep. post <laughs> and it's half stars and five stars. And um, yeah, I would be fine giving it a five star. And I love this movie banger and now we're on to 99 here i have aftershock this was by feng xiao gang gang it is a chinese movie and i remember this one so i picked this one 99 because now i'm a bubbling mess of an adult so i cry at like even the most slightly sad scene just makes me burst in tears now because how fragile i am (laughs) But it's because you're so woke. Yes, too woke now. <laughs> no, it's when you get older, you just become more and more. You've had more experiences, so you become more empathetic. Empathetic. So every time you see like a sad scene, now you can connect to some sad moment in your life, and it get becomes sadder. <laughs> you don't have to connect to your Versus life. It can just be sad, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in an earthquake, no. So. I remember this movie in particular is one of the first ones that made me feel like sad, like, you know, get a little teary eyed as I think I watched this and yeah, it came out in 2010. So around high school, early college, and it made me feel. And at that time I was like, okay, if a movie can make me feel any kind of emotion at all, must be a pretty good movie. And yeah, I mean, it was about a giant earthquake that occurred in China in 1976, and it separated so many families. 240,000 people died in this earthquake. Damn. Which is insane. 
numbers if you think that's like the population of Grand Rapids dead in More an earthquake. <laughs> what more that's more than grand rapids yeah. yeah 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 just dead instantly it's pretty insane and basically the dad died the mom had to choose between she could only save one of her kids she chose her son the daughter heard that she chose her son but she ended up surviving it too but now she her family left so she got separated and they ended up coming back she came back later to help with something else and then met her family, and you know it's pretty cheesy in that aspect, but definitely got so me. So if the you're interested then. in watching Aftershock, now you don't need to. Jacob <laughs> just told you the whole story, so that's we're good. That's we're good the on that. synopsis of the story. <laughs> that's not how it ends. All right, <laughs> it's not a feel-good story, really. But yeah, it came out in 2010. That's past the. It's fucking Chinese. I haven't even heard of it until you mentioned it. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, now I can't watch it. <laughs> uh, you should definitely watch this. I'm just kidding. I think it was on Netflix at the time. Now you, I don't know if you can find it anywhere. Uh, Good luck. I, good luck. Um, my number 99 is Jojo Rabbit. Ooh. Didn't even think of that one. That's yeah. a good one, though. Taika Waititi uh, won or got nods. Oscar nods. Um you know, I love the the political satire of it. Taika Waititi does a wonderful job as Hitler. And then um, going dark. And then, obvi- like, Taika Waititi is a legend when it comes to directing children and directing young young actors and actresses. And uh, this one is another masterful uh, take on that. Thomas McKenzie, obviously, is very good in it as well. Um, and I just, it was just a f- really good movie. I mean, I've only seen it once, so I couldn't really justify moving it up too much because, I mean, it was really good, but like, there, I had so much more. But I did chuckle a lot. Taika Waititi's funny. He's got good comedy. And There's one scene in particular that, well, it's two scenes that stand out that I still remember. The feet. His, his mom's feet. I always show his feet and then. Oh, yeah. And when I showed her feet later. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Or shoes. Yeah, shoes. Yeah. But yeah. That was yep. good. Good scene. All right. My 99 is Waiting. Mm. This is from 2005, directed by Rob McKittrick. And it is his only directing credit, uh, which I think is kind of a shame. I mean, he wrote Sequel, which is shit, and he wrote Tag, which is shit. But um, this movie is just like I don't know why it it doesn't get too much you love. love Ryan Reynolds. It doesn't get too much love. No, but I think they're like the comedy in this is so genuinely funny. There's a ton of funny people in it. I think the editing is amazing like the way like that it cuts uh so like some sequences like aren't really happening and just how it it ties all these this restaurant together and I've heard a lot of people that actually work in the service. It's very relatable like to a heightened degree. Oh but yeah, it's relatable. hyperbolic. Yeah. of a sense but definitely conversations that they have and yeah exactly and just like the demeanor of like oh, certain yeah. people and, y- and you, you know that hard. feeling of like <laughs> somebody coming in five minutes before they close and it's like oh, fuck you like you, hate, <laughs> yeah. you know just all that shit is so relatable i think it works on a lot of different levels and um definitely one that i've seen a lot and i see the flaws in it you know i don't think it's a perfect movie by any means but i still love it and i think it's a great comedy agreed 
98. <laughs> Moving on. You should only have had two ounces of beer. I'm almost now. finished. Oh, my God, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob's fucked. He's You're so not fucked. like that much. I know. That's probably like, yeah, I've had more than that, but I'm just saying. And I feel it already. It's, Let's it's go. Just, just a joke. Okay, go, move on. Anyway, <laughs> I have the girl who leapt through time. Probably another one. Never Maybe Kyle. No, you haven't. Is really? this an anime movie? Yeah. Okay. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's by Mamoru Hosoda, who did Summer Wars, which I loved, and also Wolf Children, which mm. was really good. Mm. He's kind of like the other <laughs> Miyazaki without being Miyazaki. He doesn't have quite the acclaim that Miyazaki does overseas here, but he always is pumping out super consistent movies that are fantastic and look good. And this was one of them. And it's beautiful to look at. The story is very cool. Time traveling. So I know, Joshua, you like time travel and that complexity and stuff. Here you go. Girl left through time. We're in. Lo- uh, I'll wait till I get to mine, but time travel. <laughs> I'm with you. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely well written. Looks great. Subtitles. <laughs> so got to get through that. Enjoy it. It probably is dubbed, too. I don't know. But I had to get one of his movies onto the list because I don't think... Even though in some circles he's ex- that director is extremely well known, I think outside of those he's not known What's at his, all. What do you say his name is? <laughs> it is Mamoru Hosoda, and all of his movies have like really high ratings. He did a Digimon movie, I think, which Summer Wars basically felt like Digimon, so it makes sense. But yeah, cool, cool. Um, I don't know if it's a violation or not, but I'm assuming it's not because I think that I know that. You guys will have this movie in your list, so it's a uh, documentary. Yeah. Oh, I have okay. documentaries. On my I do. Well, I didn't know. One, well, because <laughs> I, I know one for both of you. Hundred percent's on there. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Is that your time? No, it's not. Oh, I guarantee it's on Jacobs. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I have Antarctica: Year on Ice. So this is just one of those uh, movies or a documentary. Uh, Stephen, my buddy, he. Has his dad has spent time on the ice in Antarctica, so has he. Um, so it's just a documentary that holds like kind of a special place. Doesn't do anything super special, but seeing that kind of lifestyle is pretty uh, crazy. Considering you know they go months during the winter with no sunlight at all, like just complete darkness for months at a time. So just to kind of see the psyche of of all that, and just kind of seeing the whole experience of of what it's like to live in Antarctica for any any extended amount of time um, was pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, uh, Anthony Powell is the one that uh, ended up directing it. So, Cool. I uh, just want to point out that our picks are in line here this way now. <laughs> so my 98 is How to Build a Time Machine. It's a documentary, and it's about time travel. I still need to watch <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, Jake. Give me that back. You're never going to watch <laughs> no, it, No, I'm going to watch it. Literally 82 minutes. Um, so, yeah, this is directed by Jay Cheel. Um, if you're listening to a movie podcast, you probably know who he is. It's on the Film Junk podcast. Um, but for a documentary, I just love how this is done. Like, it's it's one of those where it's, it's about... Um, the subject is talking about, you know, building this replica from... Uh, the movie, The Time Machine, the H.G. Wells story, but it's not really about that. It's about something else. Like, it's fo- it, 
he the subject is talking about one thing, but it's actually about something else. And I love documentaries that do that, where it's you know goes into it um, talking about one subject, but really pulls out a whole other subject from it. Um, and I love science fiction and just the idea and concept of time travel. They have a lot of talk about that in here. So hitting a lot of my sweet spots, but uh, it looks amazing, super well made, and super short runtime. So you gotta love that. Jacob, do you love Who that? doesn't? Well, Jacob wouldn't know. He's never seen it. Just it's in progress. He's had borrowed my copy of this movie for what, like five one months now? Six, <laughs> yeah, a oh, year. I mean, like five months. <laughs> All right, 97. 97, I have American History X. Mm, great movie. Tony K. K. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Watched this one also a while back, but remember more from it. I I assume most people have seen this movie probably. But yeah. Edward Norton, he hasn't been in anything in a bit, has he? Mm, he's probably been in things, but just like yeah, as a leader. Probably within the like two, three years probably. Yeah. Well, fantastic movie. <laughs> Keep going. Very important. Definitely... I mean, it's always relevant, I guess, if you live in the U.S., <laughs> but just as relevant now as the time it came out. So definitely, if you haven't seen this one, you should. It came out, oh my God, 98. It's been that mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it yet, you should. Cool, cool. Uh, mine is kind of be controversial between you two. Okay. And this is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ooh. Oh, super low for on probably for you too. Then what are you fucking moron? But <laughs> I liked it a lot, but didn't do it for me like uh, it did for you guys. But it had to be on the top 100 because it's still a great movie, obviously. And it will be 100 years from now. And so. this one is, th- yeah, this this pick is based more on the yeah. quality of the movie versus if I enjoyed it or not because it's. Since I've seen it, it would be egregious not to have it on the top 100, <laughs> especially considering my letterbox is only about 300 and some entries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is at least better a, be in the in top third of the yeah. movies I've seen. So got to throw it on there somewhere. Banger. All right. My 97 is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Nice. The 1971 version, obviously, uh, directed by Mel Stewart. Um, yeah. Recently rewatched this one. Went down a little bit for me in memory. Uh, holds a lot of nostalgia for me still, and I think it's Gene Wilder's best performance. He's absolutely incredible. Won't be the last time he shows up on the list. But uh, yeah, I love the first half. Probably even two thirds is absolutely amazing. Some of the best stuff. Uh, last third dips just a little bit, but um, Grandpa Joe is an asshole, and that's all I have to say about that. Number 96, V for Vendetta. (laughs) Don't have to really add more to that. We both liked it, and it showed up in our bottom 10. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I have another Taika Waititi movie as my next one, and it's Hunt for the Wilder People. Ooh. Uh, Yeah. uh, Again, going over Taika Waititi, he does great with child actors. Uh, Obviously, this is... One of them, as well as Sam Neill, isn't it? Kills it. Two great child actors. Yeah, uh, he's the child, <laughs> the biggest child of them all. 
Um, but yeah, just a <laughs> great relationship between the two. Great writing, funny, has all your elements that you would want out of this kind of movie. Rewatchable. Super rewatchable. Yep. I haven't rewatched it, but I have. I watched it twice in like a week. <laughs> a 101. I think mi- I've seen it three times. It's a 101 minute runtime, so short, relatively, and yeah, fun. Cool, cool. All right. My number 96 is the first appearance of Bong Joon Ho, and it is Snowpiercer. His mother. Oh. <laughs> Haven't seen mother. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that I used to think was flawless. I still like it a lot, but uh, went down just a little bit on rewatch. But I love this story, this world that he creates. Um, I've, it actually made me interested to read the graphic novel that it's based off of, even though I still haven't. But um, just the simple nature of being on a train, moving from the back to the front, I think is like an amazing framing device for the film. And then the obviously social commentary that they weave in through that as they go from car to car, moving up towards the front is amazing also. And the reveals and twists and everything, it's very Bong Joon-ho-esque. And um, I love it. Snowpiercer. Also, Tilda Swinton in this... Yeah. Her uh, just transformation. Crazy. Yeah. She likes to do that. Yeah. Very, Loves very it. much. She has that look. <laughs> she just can work. All right. Coming at 95. I'm sure this is on at least Joshua's list. I have the Born Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And these ones don't hold up for me as much now because I'm very much over the action style of like camera being thrown around with the action feels cheap to me now it's like a way to hide up good hide good choreography but uh it's and now i can't tell you what the fuck the stories were about even when i watched them at the time but just the nostalgia and i know they are really well-made movies the acting was well done it the action is overall good it's has that just classic i mean born is just gonna it like hit our generation and will be those that we look back to almost 007 like even though 007 is still going but Buh. yeah fantastic trilogy and trilogy there's five yeah no. five quintilogy yeah. <laughs> no it's obviously the trilogy is yeah. where it yeah the born it's born conspiracy ultimatum the and trilogy then, and i even like, i don't i don't mind legacy people shit on that movie but i don't mind it Mm-mm. I thought the newest one is worse than Legacy, personally. Yeah. J- just I think it's called Just Jason Bourne. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, Ultimatum. <laughs> fantastic end to that original trilogy. And yeah. Yeah, I was a boy. Paul Greengrass. <laughs> My boy, sure. Uh, 95. My first of three in a row of the same director. Ooh. Oh, God. oh, I know it there. Okay, good. No, no, uh, yeah, you know the director probably. First, oh, maybe I don't know there. Go Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright. Ooh, that's new because you hadn't even watched him before. Like, I yep. This year, and this one obviously I liked more than Shaun oh, of the Dead. Year. Shaun of the Dead did not make the cut. That's okay. Wah, wah, wah. But oh, I thought you were saying that you're gonna have all three of these in a row from the trilogy. Oh no, but uh, the same director. I, of, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Um, nope. That one didn't make it, but uh, movie two of the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz, uh, great movie. Uh, it's funny. I thought 
Um, this one was borderline with Shaun of the Dead because they're both similar to me, but I think I think Hot Fuzz is a little bit funnier, and it's more of like I don't know my style, I guess. But it's a little too Eggerite in this one at times. Um, I'll speak in Eggerite. Did you know he did that Squarespace commercial with Zendaya? Really? Did you see it? The half. No, I one? didn't. The seashell by the seashore. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that's Edgar Wright directed mm. that. Okay, and edited it. If you can watch the video, it looks, it's, it's great. Totally I watched it on, yeah. when the game was on. I yeah. didn't, but I didn't. I didn't yeah. see it. It's great, but anyway, uh, yeah, hot fuzz. All right, my ninety-five is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, you would think this would be higher, um, especially people that know me because of how much I love. Spaghetti Westerns, Tarantino, this style of movie. Um, I do have just a couple problems with it overall, but due to its influence and everything else surrounding it, I still think it's amazing and it's probably the Western that I've rewatched the most. So it's, you know, I still love it regardless of, of those things that I don't like. But yeah, the character of, you know, man with no name, uh, blue eyes, whatever you want to call him, uh, the the back and forth with him and um, Tuco, what's the guy's name? Eli Wallach in this. Like, that's the chemistry in this is the best of the trilogy. And I don't know, just something about those two together makes this more rewatchable than a lot of other ones. And people usually tend to think Westerns are kind of slow and boring, but um, this is not. It's super rewatchable, even though it's super long. And the uh, score by Ennio Morcone is. Absolutely amazing. So, check it out. Check it out. And check it out. I will eventually. Coming in at 94 now, I have The Raid, Gareth Evans. Mm, I wanted to rewatch those before the list, but yeah. didn't get to it. So, just this is a movie that was like, you know, fuck it. I don't need a story, <laughs> really. Just a setup and action all the way through and if you're going to do that this is how you do it the action and cinematography like choreography and everything involved in effects with the action is phenomenal in every sense it is the most simple setup story just start at the bottom move up almost like you're game a game and you have to go up each level until you get to the end and that's it. It's just, and then just action, balls to the wall action, like until the end. And it's amazing. It's one of the, if not, yeah, it's definitely one of the top action movies ever made. And it's a, an Indonesian movie directed by American, Gareth Evans, American, yeah. Welsh, well, yeah, Welsh born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and which as we learned, even great directors kind of struggle directing with people in other countries. Well, he didn't, I guess it doesn't matter when your story is not that important though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But fantastic movie. You haven't seen this one, which a lot of people haven't seen this one. You should. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Can watch them sometime. <laughs> um, second Edgar Wright movie in a row. And number 94 is the world's end. <laughs> yeah. which is my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, See, that's the most controversial that right there. Which, yeah. We agreed. Yeah, I remember. I remember, <laughs> yeah. Which, that was in a premium, so listen <laughs> yep, to that. My premium. So it's cinema.bandcamp.com. Yep. Uh, let's check out the Cornetto trilogy uh, 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 premium. 
but yeah, uh, I love I love the the going to the bars, the camaraderie of everything. The the this one is like super outlandish of compared to all of them, but I think it just works really well in the space. I think the editing in this one is Edgar Wright finally got his groove, and I think that like from this moment on, pretty much is like his movies have just been getting better. Oh. Arguable. This <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one, arguable, but um, the craft might be yeah better than it ever has been, but yeah. definitely. To be fair, the newest one he's experimenting again, so it's more experimental for his stuff. No, I I liked it more than all three. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I'm just saying, so it's a little bit different than these ones, where right? But I definitely think that he started getting his different flavor, really getting into his his uh, wheelhouse there of what direction he wants to go and everything. So, yep, 94. Cool, cool. My 94 is a classic comedy called Tommy Boy. Uh, one I of thought it would be higher, I th- honestly. Uh, when I rewatched it, again, one of those movies I rewatched with a critical eye, I just, there's a lot of flaws to it. I mean, the deer scene is just totally oh, stupid, yeah. but it's hilarious. <laughs> like, the score I find, like, not very good throughout the movie it, some of it's fitting but just you know classic comedy stuff that you know it it has its flaws but um i can quote literally every line to this movie i've rewatched it do it right now <laughs> first 10 <laughs> opening <Let's go>. scene <laughs> probably close to triple digits throughout my life i mean uh and i, I there's just something about it like Chris Farley and David Spade in this are perfect together and it's really that's at the center of the movie so everything else you could take it or leave it doesn't matter but yeah and it actually evokes a good amount of emotion even within the first 30 minutes like the dad dying like you actually really feel like the sadness from that and it's just something that you don't get a lot in comedies so I gotta give it a kudos for that Tommy Boy I actually haven't seen it as well really yeah I just watched it the other day, actually. (laughs) I avoid them, usually. Yeah, I mean, this is something, like, if you watched it now, you're probably not going to get much out of it, but, like, Mm. you might think some parts are funny, but, like, growing the nostalgia Mm -hmm. and everything, and uh, I don't know, (laughs) like, being part of that time, maybe you would find it funny because we're the same age, but there's a lot of things that are hilarious. And it takes multiple watches to get it. There's stuff I just watched, I just watched it, there's stuff I was catching that I'm like, oh, I've never like caught that before <laughs> that's how good it is well, that's tempting I, I just watched it the other day I think really or I know I did but I can't remember if I finished it or not alright 93 I have the pianist mm. the Roman Polanski yes yeah so what's his nuts is in that never seen it Adrian Brody yeah Yeah. you never seen it nope oh wow <laughs> really well, it's on the list. It's on my. It's on my top hundred list. It's on the defacto <laughs> list. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, fantastic movie. I'm almost certain it won an Oscar when it came. I think out. it won Best Picture. Yeah, it didn't, didn't it? win Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's your '93. You should know. literally the <laughs> do your okay. research. The only reason I watched it was because I love Chopin, and it was a, he's Polish, and it's about a pianist who's Polish. So it's not Chopin. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, I don't even know if it is a true story, but it's of Waldeshaw Sliz-Billman. Hmm. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Yeah. What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, I mean, it's a World War II Nazi occupation of, you know, another one of those. But it just, from a perspective of someone going through all that, and yeah, he's this amazing composer who has, like, these gifts and can't do anything with it. It kind of shows you, you know, when you're starting at the bottom, you don't get that freedom to be at the top of the pyramid if you want to be to be able to just have your expression and freedom and be able to do that even though and it's just like a lost gift that of what he has and like just going through survival and then that one the end is just i won't say it because you both of you haven't seen it now so it's fantastic what it's just such a like nerve-wracking moment it's so well done yeah great movie Cool. My last of the Edgar, last time I'll see Edgar Wright in this list, and it's my favorite of his, and it's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I knew it was going to be that one. <laughs> Underrated movie right there. Yeah. It, it does get a lot of flat. I don't know why. Not, I don't know either. Anyone that has any type of gaming influence would love this movie. Yeah. and do, It's yeah, a I mean, love letter. Yeah. It absolutely is. And just all Even the special effects. Even the game made the, from this was fantastic. Yeah, the visual effects, special effects, act I mean, everything is like awesome. I mean, I don't it's just like a it's a literally a love letter to classic video games and I mean this is like when I say like he caught his stride Scott Pilgrim was after World's End, wasn't it? Or is it before? Mm-hmm. I think he did all three of those in a row, like making them okay. and then he did his stuff after. I think so, right? And they were close okay. together. Yeah. Anyway, I know that um uh, the editing, I think, in this is amazing, especially considering it is in the video game world. Like his style just l- lends itself so well to to this to this film, and that's I don't I don't know how you know I don't think you could put any director in this and be any better than he did. No, for he's it, like so. the only person who could have done this. Yep. So uh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, number ninety, whatever. Uh, 93 I think we should try to keep track (laughs) okay yeah Um, I'm finishing that last I'm drinking the last beer 84 just kidding yeah right (laughs) Um, I'm sure we'll slow down eventually that's hard to that's hard to not drink yeah I wanted to slam the fuck out of it I did but all right my 93 is Donnie Darko directed by Richard Kelly Um, this movie kind of helped get me into movies so uh, I think it's pretty influential for me in that sense. I mean, a lot of people love this movie. Um, this was a first group watch of Suds and Cinema all those years ago. Yeah. Um, One of. We watched, all three of us watched this together. <laughs> yeah, and, Cassini- and Goodfellas. I don't think I was there for that one. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, Donnie Darko is a, uh, it's a bit of a sci-fi-ish thriller. I don't know. It has a lot of um, high concepts going on and just you know, cerebralness to it. Uh, it's can be confusing, but it is something that rewards rewatches and rewatched it many times. And Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is amazing. Um, Jenna Malone's amazing in it. Yeah. I just love this story and love a lot of things about it. And he has done nothing since. Richard Kelly. No. <laughs> yeah. This was kind of a one hit wonder for him. I'm very interested to watch Southland Tales though. I've heard, very you don't want to watch the box? Bad things about it. Not really. <laughs> <It's a fucking laughs> I'd rather watch the Southland Tales. But. Yo, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 93. All right, moving on. 92. 92. The number one question, uh, like 
people who know a climber ask a climber have you seen free solo <laughs> it's free solo so here's a documentary on my for every climbing yeah so this movie doesn't really need an introduction i think it most people have seen this except you probably <laughs> you see it, I've never seen it. Yeah. you haven't seen free solo no. what the fuck i'll watch free solo when you fucking watch how to build a time machine Boom. all that that's fair yeah Free Solo, the n- most known climbing movie ever, except maybe now The Alpinist. I've heard more people talk about Alpinist. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's fantastically shot. It's obviously beautiful shot in Yosemite. But the story behind Alex Hano and his personal story was very well done because he, he's a interesting guy. And... It's just, yeah, it's just such an amazing story that's not repeatable. I don't think anybody will ever do anything like that ever again because there's just no point except being the first person to do it. So Kyle just keeps hitting the mic. mic. (laughs) Fucking headphones are huge. Amateur over here. I can't Episode 100 and just keeps. Well, I'm in a new seat. <laughs> Everybody should know that. I'm in a new seat, okay? Well, you didn't state that before. So. <clears throat> well, they know now. Moving on. Moving on. Number 92 is one of the best action movies that I think, especially considering the budget. Upgrade. Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Most talked about movie <laughs> on Sudson Cinema. Uh, and maybe no, talked it out again. <laughs> Wait until uh, number one hits when it's... Uh, Dave made a maze. Yeah, I told <laughs> yeah. I, I told Jacob, you in just out of I told Trevor I was gonna do that. I'm like, and then Dave made a maze. You should have put it as a hundred, or you should like just deep as hell on the thing. Um, anyway, yeah, upgrade micro budget. Talked about a fuck ton of this. Special effects incredible. Lee Winnell, great. Continue to be great in Invincible Man. Or Invincible Man, sorry. Continued <laughs> his streak his streak of greatness. Um. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it enough on this show. I don't really have to go into it too deep, but yeah, I was surprised. I wanted it to be in the list because it's great. Okay, my ninety-two is another comedy. Uh, had to fit in the Sandman somewhere, uh, and that is Happy Gilmore. Ugh. I love um a lot of early Sandler films and. Kind of even using this as a stand-in for some of those, but um, it is my favorite of those, so it just fits nicely in there. It's like 51st dates <laughs> a little higher up. No. Um, no, I said early. Just go no, with that's it. That's kind of early, I guess. But um, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people inter- interchange this in Billy Madison. I think this one's slightly better. Uh, just the sports angle works. It makes more sense. I mean, none of his movies really make that much sense, but the plot to Billy Madison is just crazy. Anyway, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, again, one of those super quotable movies. Probably could uh, quote the majority of it. Um, and it's super funny. I think everybody's seen Happy Gilmore. So, Yeah. Uh, Steven actually today finished, was watching Waterboy. And he goes, mm-hmm. is this going to be in your top 100? I said, maybe top 100 worst movies I've ever seen. And <laughs> then he said, well, movie with Adam Sandler. He goes, that's a yeah, he goes, well, what about Happy Gilmore? I said, not even close. I hate Sandler movies across the board. Minus yeah. one. Well, you Minus hate one. Huey Halloween. Movies, so. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. On Ketchum. Huey Halloween. Huey Halloween is the only Oh, one. man. That was atrocious, too. That was average. 
<laughs> Love it. Averagely bad. All right. Whatever. Move on. Moving on to 91. I have Creed 2. What the fuck? <laughs> Not one? Or Not one. one. Uh, this was by Stephen Capel Jr. Or Capel. Capel. And reason why this one's here. So Rocky Four is my favorite. Rocky. And this was basically a sequel <laughs> to Rocky Four. And it was also the sequel to Creed, which I thought was fa- really, really good. And then this one came out and it was also that's hard to follow up because different director and coming off a movie that was good and trying to do that sophomore movie. And it was also good. It arguably better. But it's a different director. It's a different director. Yeah. That's well, what I like said. you said sophomore movie, but I don't know. Well, that's a sophomore of uh, <laughs> Creed movies. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's the second Creed movie. I know. It's just a weird. So it's hard coming off. Or well, a lot of times, you know, you could get like, let's say Dune was made by Denny Villeneuve and then that's Dune 2 was someone else. It could be terrible. It's hard to follow up a good movie. Yeah, I get that. I'm saying the term sophomore is weird to use when it's a different person. <laughs> I said a sophomore Creed movie. <laughs> okay. I just said it's weird. It's Creed sophomore anything. year. It's weird. <laughs> Fuck. Is that Grammar it? Okay. Nazi right. over here. <laughs> Speaking of Nazis, number 90 is... no. That was number 99. <laughs> yeah. um, number 91 no, is yeah. Insidious. Ooh. Had to throw the it one. in there. It's standing in, so I had uh, I had Malignant, and it made me think oh, of... <laughs> I love Malignant, but it made me think of Insidious, Insidious. and how Insidious is better. So Definitely. it stands in for James Bond movies because Conjuring falls in that. Wheelhouse too, but Sidious I think is the best of James Wan films. So there's my stand-in for James Wan with Insidious. Show him some love. All right, uh, my ninety-one is Red Rocket, very recent movie, literally just came out a couple months ago, uh, and I've already talked about it on the show. Probably, well, I don't know if I did a review of it, but at least once before. So check out top ten movies of. 2021 <laughs> to listen to that um basically this is on here because i love sean baker and i've already kind of conceded that i probably should have given this a five when i first watched it uh but i usually hold off on that to make sure that i love it that much uh so this is something that i'm pre pre watching at a five and <laughs> um yeah it's just a great story um of a total like a bad person and he's not an anti-hero. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you're not supposed to be cheering for this guy, but he's also very charming. So like it gives you like that conflict there and just this, you know, putting spotlight on some people call his like movies, not misery porn, torture porn. Um, uh, like, Oh, <laughs> poor. No, I'm going to judge you for your grammar income. now, just so you know. I'm trying to think of the exact word that I want you to say the wrong one. That so has been you. used. Anyway, they they think he like is not glorifying, but like using this, using the subjects and that area and all that stuff to like get content for his movies. You know, like yeah. they think that's gross of him to do that. Anyway, I think it's not, and it's 
important to see that stuff because if you're only seeing like things that right like these suburban areas and cul-de-sacs with nice houses and shit it's like it's easier to put it off in the back of your mind as like not being there Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that's important it's almost like the what is it the paris syndrome right or you only see the beautiful parts and then you actually go there and yeah. you get depressed because it's not anything like the photographs. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely love this movie. Great performances. Can't wait to rewatch it. That was called the Berlin Syndrome. Berlin. <laughs> That's a movie. Yeah. 91. All right. Number 90. I have 12 Years a Slave. Steve McQueen. Much better than the other Steve McQueen movie. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Great feel good <laughs> movie. Love it. <laughs> yes, yeah, all of, of his. Good. All that's the only kind of movies he makes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, another movie that in the Oscars there. I mean, it was tragic <laughs> movie. Uh, but another one that's really important. It's just kind of crazy to look at, like. Because it was someone who was free, becomes a slave, and then that kind of story of... How, you, how long were they a slave? Um, I'm guessing about uh, 10 years, over 11. <laughs> well, <you> guys, <laughs> I was just waiting for Kyle's response, too. Nope. But yeah, a fantastic movie, super well acted, well written. There's not too much negative to say about it, and important. So, and it was just... So I just remember being blown away by it at the time cool number 90 one of the prettiest movies most beautiful movies i've ever seen my boy justin kurzel directed macbeth oh god had you're gonna go with something else true history of the I would vomit yeah no i'm not gonna do that true history of <laughs> no but had to throw it in there because of its sheer beauty mm-hmm and yeah, it is stunning. Obviously, direct from Macbeth about literally you might as well just copy and paste Macbeth onto a, on a screen and that's what you get out of this movie. But <laughs> cut out some of the fat and <laughs> cut off some of the. Yep, exactly. So had to throw it in there. Obviously, Benedict Co- or not Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Fassbender kills it. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> fantastic in this one. <laughs> James Vanderbeek kills it in this role. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so Macbeth, number ninety. Okay, my number ninety. My number ninety is Shoot 'Em Up. Oh God, <laughs> this is um, a movie from two thousand seven. It's directed by Michael Davis. Um, probably pretty well known in the action film world but um might be is wanted unknown next <laughs> might be unknown to most people um i don't know how i discovered this movie but i remember owning it and just rewatching it constantly when i was younger and mm-hmm. i mean it is that kind of movie right like very aimed much aimed at teenage boys and just ultra violent super over the top stylized like it is so stupid it makes no sense um the the budget is very low, um, but it has Clive Owen in it and Paul Giamatti, which is amazing. And, and Monica, Monica Bellucci. Bellucci, yeah. Um, yeah, the, like the just like the props and everything. Like <laughs> they have a baby in it. It's constantly like super fake, and like the baby goes through so much shit, like that it never would survive. But <laughs> I, I feel like it's so self-aware 
that it's not trying to be anything more than that. So I forgive all of the bad stuff because I know exactly what it's trying to be. It's trying to be this dumb action movie that's super over the top. That's exactly what it is. And I think it achieves all, all of those things that it's going for. So I love this movie and I actually should rewatch it because it's been a long time. There's some great gun stuff in here too. All right, we are 10 down and we're moving on to the next beer. So we are ahead of pace right now. My God, look at that. Theoretically, if we drink uh, one ounce, one ounce per movie, then we would have only had 10 ounces of alcohol, but we've had 16 and we're moving on anyway. (laughs) And here we go. So this is uh, a Trappist ale, right? And what does Trappist mean? So what is this called? Okay, Westmail. Uh, am I doing this pronunciation right? Westmail. Is that it? I say Westmall, but West I Mall. don't know actually. Westmall Trappist Triple. It <laughs> holy shit! Look at that. Uh, it's a Belgian triple. Brewer, bro, Brewer, they're Trappist yeah, in on Westmall. <laughs> it's in Flemish. I don't That's know. That's the brewery. <laughs> das ja. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, um, oh no, Belgian triple. Oh, oh you oh. fucked it up. Ah. It's better there than the carpet. <laughs> this thing is the it's biggest like, heads I've ever seen. I literally think it's been it. fermenting in the bottle. So, this is gonna be very carbonated. Not anymore, though. Probably was too cold when he opened it. I'm pretty sure it's been bottle fermenting too for years. <laughs> oh my god, dude! There's like I'm not even pouring it that like I'm pouring it slow as hell. Yeah. So a trappist means that monks made it. So this was made in a what is where's monks at? What is that called? Belgian. No video content for the Instagram. Uh, oh yeah, my fucking spilling is spilling shit. Spilling the beer. My god, uh, at a mosque. <laughs> Where do monks live? Monasteries. Monasteries. Thank Jesus. you. Oh God, somebody help me. God, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was made. Uh, yeah. So this is actually by monks. So that we talked about that before. They can only make so much a year and they're not allowed to drink, obviously. So they don't know what it tastes like. They yeah, just, how do they do like the best chefs? So taste, they have they, taste they can't so. taste it. They <laughs> have a recipe and all they do is sell this in order to reinvest in the church. So the monastery, the church. So this is how they make money fun, raise funds for themselves is they make beer, but they can't drink the beer. But they have people drink it for them, I'm assuming test. Right. Yeah. Well, the recipe hasn't changed um since nineteen fifty six, so I'm sure it's I'm sure they've got it down to a science by now. I'll just go ahead and read this description here on Untapped uh, for this beer specifically. Was first brewed in 1934, and the recipe has not changed since 1956. It is made with pale candy sugar and has a very pale color produced from a mash of light Pilsner malts. Wait, Pils- Pils- Pilsner? Pilsner malts. Uh, I was like, there's an extra E in there, so I think I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> Pilsner malts. Um Styrian Goldings hops are used along with some German varieties of the classic Saz Pilsener hop. After a long secondary fermentation, the triple Westmail is bottled with a dose of go. sugar and yeast. This bottled beer holds up well. 
This beer holds up well in the bottle over time and seems to soften with age. Oh, so this is even better. Here we go. It's okay, be- so it says Best Buy 2023. So it's got a whole other year before it's like my God. conditioned right. fully. So how what is the vintage of this? 2021. Okay. And which means March. it was probably done in like 2020. March 2023, best before. No, it was bottled in on 05... Oh nine, oh hmm. nine. It says oh five zero zero one zero nine. So zero five zero zero one oh nine. Yeah, they. I think they do year month day. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, so it's old. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. it should be nice and soft. We're almost to the peak. Product of Belgium Trappist Monastery. You could have. Read that to me 10 seconds ago. I was, so too, I was too busy making a mess. <laughs> no, it was made in a mosque. Yeah, I, was a mess. <laughs> I said it's not a mosque. It's They're both for people <laughs> of some god. You know the mausoleums <laughs> that the monks are at? Montessori's. <laughs> the, yeah. The monstrosities that they stay in, right? That's what they're called? Monstrosities? Oh, uh, shit. All right, well, so I have had the double version of this, but I have never had the triple version. <clears throat> um, we're going to let the head settle on these. Let's um, go around maybe one more time, and then we'll do a taste and talk about it. Yep. So we're on 89. 89, I have Silenced by Hwang Dong-hyuk, a Korean movie. Sorry, what was his name? Hwang dong there it is. <laughs> Thank you. Hyuk. So it was a very another very sad one. Apparently I just like dramatic movies. I don't <laughs> none of them have been that happy so far. Um so yeah, this is one of the first Korean movies I watched, I think. I was going on a huge kick around this time. This is when I discovered now I guess Bong Joon Ho would have been earlier because I was in high school. But when a huge Korean film click for click, clip, whatever. I can't. St- I'm already drunk. <laughs> Trying to cut this <laughs> off. It came out 2011. Very good. Very sad. It was about a true story about this teacher who was part of this school, and the school was hearing impaired, and they were abused in many ways, and it was kind of hit. he was trying to help them. So very powerful, very well done, sad. All the things I like. Okay. Um, I have one, and the next one is... (laughs) I just had to put it on here because it was interesting, and it's another one that was on my diary that most people probably haven't seen, so I had to give it some love. And this is Daniel Isn't Real. A Adam Egypt Mortimer film. He's only made one. Classic. And I I really like this movie. It's um kind of in the I think in the realm of like Donnie Darko, like has this like idol that kind of tells him like an evil that tells him what to do and and all that fun stuff and then trying to use his body to get out. Um pretty Pretty easy concept, but the way it's approached was really cool. And I want this director to, um, you know, obviously I want him to succeed. So um, I just had to throw it on there to give some love. So. 
Cool, cool. My number 89 is a little film by Todd Phillips. Joker? It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those comedies, probably. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> Old school. Uh, another comedy that, yeah, I can see a few flaws with it, but um, I think it's one that just succeeds at everything it's going for again. Um, just the concept alone is hilarious. These old guys getting back into that, you know, reliving the, the college days. Um, watched it, you know, around that time of end of high school, going into college and just a very prominent time. And um, yeah, I think it's hilarious and I don't know, love it. What else can you say? <laughs> Moving on. Or do you want a drink? Oh, yeah, we should drink. Okay. I'm excited about this Pause. One. Well, what does Josh think? Because he's not like Belgians. <laughs> Yum. No, it's, Man, it's that is, quite hot. That is way sweeter than now, though. <laughs> you think it's sweet? It's pretty sweet. I think it's, like, bitter. Yeah, it does have, like, a... I can... I know what you're t- talking about, that bitter aftertaste. The bitter <laughs> afterbirth. <laughs> An okay <Oki> afterbirth. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. See, I don't. I don't taste the, um, the esters. Let it esters, warm up. Yeah, the Let it yeah. Warm up. Yeah, I think it does. Probably should warm up. I don't even know Just if it said it was supposed to be served. Forced us, force us to slow down. I'll just hold it in my hand as well. There you go. Warm it up with my body. Yeah, probably a little bit too cold. Forty five to fifty. Doesn't have the banana y esters that I like in the in the Belgians, but I also like American Belgians, so. Not Belgians at all. <laughs> I like golden. Belgians. I like He's like I like Belgian style. <laughs> beers, I like not golden Belgian ales. Beers. <laughs> yeah, Belgian style. Uh, what is that? The do. Uh, no, I like Belgians as well. But that was um, French. Or I think my favorite Belgian styles are from are made in America. So. Yeah, I was gonna say all like my highest rated Belgians are from U.S. breweries. One was Don the Duke. Oh, Don the Duke is oh yeah. It's Montreal, so it is well, French okay. Canadian. Yeah. Still North America, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still not much. <laughs> they closer, speak French. Not much closer. To, to so this is supposed to be served at forty-five to fifty. So and that fridge is usually like. I mean, I think this is. I think this is very good. That's hits what I want. <laughs> it's a triple, so usually those are a bit maltier and sweeter than mm-hmm. doubles or singles. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Don't love it, but that's fine. Yeah, I think this is a warm up a little bit and uh, reevaluate. A good solid Belgian, but not yeah. anything that's gonna better or worse than the double because you've had the double of this, but not the triple. Um, I would say let's see what I rated it. About the same, <laughs> I would okay. say. I gave that's it three point five, so say it's around there. All right, fair enough. Um, what are we on? Eighty eight. Yes, and eighty eight. I have. A childhood favorite, Toy Story. So this was a movie I think was a phenomenon. Like it started the whole when you're a kid, you look back and you're like, want to try and catch your toys moving afterwards. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Try to open door really quickly. Like, ah, did you move? Ha ha. But they never did. So (laughs) fuck you, Pixar. (laughs) So, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think the CG holds up very well today. I think it looks... But it was also made in... Yeah, it was made in 95. <laughs> oh, 95. Shit. 95. <laughs> yeah. So it, the CG looks rough now. <laughs> I tried looking... I watched a little bit of it not too long ago, and I'm like, oof. It's pretty hard now. 
especially when the newer ones are great and they look a hundred times better. Yeah. But for God, the time, that opening scene in four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The yeah, rain. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. It's insane. And now you look at this and you're just like, Ugh. but you know, nostalgia is strong with this one and it's still a good movie. It's very, you know, they didn't know at the time it was going to be this whole thing that Cat could go on. Pixar. Yeah, literally. And it, I, I mean, the, I think everything else holds up well. Just, I guess that's the kind of difficult thing with CG is you can look back at hand-drawn movies from this I don't think time. the CG needed that much, though. I think that's why it's like so timeless because you don't need yeah the CG isn't like yeah because it's toys right yeah <laughs> and they didn't do they only animated one human right or two Sid ever, and yeah Andy and Andy but I would say just a lot of the details and stuff and backgrounds and just mm-hmm. little things just make it look so much worse I'm not saying it looks horrible but you look back at like animated movies from that time and they still hold up amazing right. And then you watch a CG movie from that time and you're just like... I mean, same thing with practical and special effects. Practical or practical and uh, CG effects. Yeah. They're both special effects. Um, yeah, practical will always hold up more, so... Yep. Yeah. Still good. My next one is um, a horror movie uh, by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson in The Endless. The Endless? Yeah. We reviewed... Synchronic that they did. Mm-hmm. I've seen the endless, and they also did another movie called Spring. I haven't checked seen that one yet, but it's based kind of Spring is kind of like similar to this. This that was like a shorter film. Anyway, um, this movie I originally watched. Um, I forget how, when I watched it, but I liked it originally. I think I've seen it like three or four times now, and it's like one of those movies that as I was scrolling through my list, I'm like, damn, I do like really enjoy that movie. Like ultra low budget, <laughs> but um, you know, the concepts are really cool. The, the, the size of these little areas are all cool. And just the, the way it's handled, I think is really awesome, especially like considering that they're directors and lead actors. So it's like, just felt like a very conducive, um, movie. So, or can, is that the word conducive movie? Cohesive. 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 Yeah. And say conducive would be like, yeah. Conducting. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That too. It conducted right into my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the Endless. All right. My 88 is a little film from Werner Herzog um, called Rescue Dawn. Made in 2006. Never heard stars of Stars Christian Bale. Oh boy. Yeah. I think you would uh, like this one a lot. And I don't know why, because I can't honestly remember that much about it, but... <laughs> This is one of those movies that I did watch it when I was um, like actively trying to critique and review movies, and um, I remember absolutely loving it. Uh, cinematography is great. I do remember that. Christian Bale is great, and I think Steve Zahn's in it. Yep. Um, acting is great. And um, it's a true story, too, which is pretty incredible. Um, I think it's mostly about them being trapped behind enemy lines and um, at a prisoner of war camp. And uh, them just struggling to stay alive and get rescued. So, yeah, I can't, again, speak too much about it, but was watching it at a time when I was 
aware of trying to make these critiques interviews and still gave it a five. So thought it should go on the list where got to be other somewhere. Yeah. Lower tier definitely needs a rewatch. That's all I'll say. Moving on to 87. I have her. Spike Jones. Who? Spike Jones. Who? <laughs> so don't need to go too deep into this. We Kyle watched this not too long ago and talked about it on the show, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I talked about it too at that time. Very relevant movie to today. I mean, AI is just getting more and more advanced and kind of taking that with humanity on the side of that and then what the future could end up shaping up to be like. And it's just well done in pretty much every technically in every way. And it's a yeah, interesting story. I think it's just becoming more relevant than it when it first came out. But yeah, there we go. Okay. My next film, 87, is Honey Boy. Mm. Shia LaBeouf's return to fame. LaBeouf. Of some sort. And then he got. He did really good in this movie. <laughs> then we don't have to talk about the next movie. Then, um, <laughs> but he got tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he really. They they blew that up for the one second scene. The one second, they were real too. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Anyway, yep, uh, Honey Boy, based on his career, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. His life, I guess. Yeah, I saw it once, but it had a pretty high rating, so I was like, I probably should throw it on there. But um, yeah, I, I I really I remember really liking it, the beginning and having him act as his dad. I thought it was kind of a cool twist or like cool kind of concept to take on. So I enjoyed it, and that's Honey Boy. All right, my eighty-seven is a movie I very very recently watched, very recently watched, uh, called Sunset Boulevard. Um. This Didn't movie you just watch this one? Very <laughs> recently. Yes. Um, no, this movie is pretty well known. I mean, Billy Wilder, he's one of the best American directors. Um, a lot of people are familiar with this, but I was not, and I didn't really know how kind of meta it is and how it's super... I mean, it's made in 1950 and got to be one of the first like more meta films out there. But anyway, it's a movie... Literally, like, the actress that's in it um, is, like, the movie is more so about her life because she used to be a silent film star, and then this movie was made, like, after, like, a 10-year drought of her acting, and the movie is about a silent film actress that is trying to become relevant again. So, like, it's, like, about mm. the actress, but, like, they don't call her by name. That's pretty meta. Yeah. Uh, well, there's some <laughs> other things in there, too. I mean, it is like it's just a movie about making movies, writing movies, actresses like it's set in Hollywood. It's got a lot of great stuff it's in like it. like Mank? Um, yeah. Better than Mank. But yeah. Mine was pretty meta, too. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf acting as a dad <laughs> about his life. It's true. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it's super interesting, too, because it starts off at the end of the story and then he goes back and tells like a five it's like the momento even more span meta. of time <laughs> yeah and uh even though you know what happens in the end it's like never that doesn't disengage you and i think that's a plus a lot of f- movies they try to do that same thing and whether it keeps you engaged or not is all in the storytelling and the writing and i think the writing in this is amazing it's it's really funny um just like the character arcs and 
the it's not cliche like there's a part where you think like this character is going to make this decision to fulfill basically like fulfill the love angle of the story but he doesn't do that does like the opposite of that so it's a uh, yeah very interesting movie for how old it is 86 Shawshank Redemption whoa I know mm. it's probably pretty low on maybe some of your guys list I don't know. Uh, if, I if it made the lot, list so. at all yeah but nope. <laughs> yeah it's considered one of the greatest movies ever made I remember loving the movie a lot. It's been forever since I've seen it, though. Have an original thought. <laughs> All right, eighty-six for me is a classic, but wasn't great for me, or didn't was great for me, but not as great as wasn't a lot of great people. for me. It sucks. Put it on here. Um, uh, this movie, Terminator Two, Judgment Day. James Cameron, the better of the two Terminators, the first two Terminators. And yeah, I liked it. Good, a- great action movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, is good for ter- <laughs> good as a Terminator. I mean, why not? <laughs> and Anything governor else? California, and apparently the governator, the governator. Um, but yeah, classic. Hadn't seen it until this year. Made it to top hundred. Eighty-six. That's the run. Yep. All right, my first Disney flick. Maybe the only one. Maybe. Which one is it? Lion King. 1963's <laughs> The Sword in the Stone. Oh, that's a good one. Directed wow, by Wolf that's Gain Richard Beck. Reitherman. <laughs> yeah, he directed uh, Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Robin Hood, you know, the best Disney movies. Uh, yeah, no, I love this movie. It's tight 79 minutes. Classic medieval Arthurian tale. And uh, I just love how it's basically segmented into these little short character, uh, you know, development scenes. <laughs> like each each scene, he learns something new uh, that helps him become King Arthur, like the king that people love and know. And that it's this journey uh, that he goes on as a child to learn those things. And I like kind of that backstory and how he how he gets there. And it's uh, super nostalgic was like my favorite Disney movie growing up. So, Sword and Stone. There you go. Now moving on to 85. And that is... Oh, 86. Sorry. No, 85. Are you sure? Yes. We just did 86. I didn't do my 86 then. We skipped my 86. You motherfucker. I Shawshank said was 87. I thought. You just said it was 86. Oh, no. There we go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Technical difficulties. <laughs> so, my next one is, I'm thinking of ending things. Mm. A more recent one that we have watched. And mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot about it, honestly. <laughs> it was, I remember, just watch the movie I loved Oklahoma. how it looked. I loved or watch the, play. the flow of it. I was engrossed the entire time. And it definitely there was it was so thick with everything that with atmosphere and just everything that was going on that I definitely feel like this one would benefit from rewatching and there was more I can get from it than what I did. But even what I got out of it from that first watch, I loved Oklahoma. Uh, 85 Goodwill Hunting. Classic. Great movie. Matt Damon. 
and Robin Williams had to had to give some love out there. R.I.P. <laughs> Just died this year. Duh. Um, yeah, I mean, feel good movie, about as feel good as you can get. Um, classic. Had to throw it in there. Eighty-five from dusk till dawn. Woo, George Looney. Yep, this is a movie from 1996, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and I absolutely love this movie because I think it is so interesting and awesome how it goes from like one half of the movie being something to like the second half being something completely different, and it just works so well together. Uh, stars George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino is in it as well, and um, it's also written by Tarantino. And yeah, the, I think the first half feels very Tarantino-esque and the second half feels very Rodriguez-esque and um, I love that about it. And it's great. Jacob? What? 84 now, Jacob. 84. Are you sure? Uh, I think we already did. No, 84 is the one that was a recent one and we can thank Dad for this one. It's Bound. Oh, yeah. I love you, Dad. <laughs> so Bound made the list. This was the Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. It was unlike... I didn't expect it at all. I actually had pretty low expectations for this movie going in. And then I watched it and I loved it. And it had so much style and flair and everything going for it. Which definitely bled into you know later work. Which may be on this list. But it was, yeah, it was fantastic. And I love just that era now and how they just embraced it. They were like the creators of that era. I don't know. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All the leather. Mine is a a duology. The next two are a duology. Starting with part two of A Quiet Place. I know. Kyle doesn't like these. I think that these yeah. are some of my favorite <laughs> favorite horror movies. Um I love I love the feel. I love the I love the um how they can't speak and then you have the old deaf deaf uh uh girl angle how she has to deal with everything in the space that they deal in. So um you know, loved it. Can't give it as much as our next one <laughs> because it was the first and it's also a little bit more i think the first one's a little more, more self-contained this one kind of get got a little bit more but i think it was a step in the right direction and i like the direction they're going and news the pig director Mar- michael sarnowski is making the third one Ooh, <laughs> who the fuck cares i do and a l- millions of others it was I don't watch that shit, okay? <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> but Kyle, and tell I us will, your real feelings about... I will to review the third one, I'm sure. I'll have to watch it. Turn up. <laughs> okay, my 84 is... Spaceballs. Oh, God. <laughs> um, probably my most rewatched movie of all time. Um, I Oh, yeah. I went on a one-month binge of watching it every single day. Did you really? Yep, I watched it every day for was 30 days. Was it like days. seventh grade? Uh, it was early. It was early. <laughs> I was gonna on. say because sixth, seventh grade, you used another to talk movie about I a could lot. quote probably every line to. Um, 
used to love Star Wars a lot more than I than I do now. You know, it's definitely wa- my interest has waned in that, but um, probably loved Spaceballs more than Star Wars. Um, yeah, it was funny. This movie, my parents had it on VHS for so long, but they uh, would never let me watch it because there's just a few inappropriate things in it. Um, and then uh, when I finally did, it just hit me in the right place, and I've loved it ever since. Spaceballs. Balls. So moving on. So now we are on to 83 and maybe number one for one of the most interesting titles that moved in that were relevant to the movie. Laquisha. I have never, rarely, sometimes, always. Ooh, yeah. This was a 2020 hit by Eliza Hitman. Eliza Hitman. What girl? Hit. 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 And if you haven't seen this, I'm not going to spoil what the title, why it's so amazing and how none of us saw that (laughs) coming. But yeah, important tale. Definitely well done. Uh, I don't, has she, is she working on anything? Eliza Hitman? Yeah. Came out two years ago, year and a half ago. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Another one that's not the happiest, but definitely has some moments of strength and warmth and just it felt so raw and real Mm -hmm. just like some regular people and following their story that i'm sure many people can mirror in their lives and yeah just the name the title so so yeah mm, that moment just it was so amazing so good and yeah yeah i already gave my next one away so it's a quiet place part one so why do you like A Quiet Place Part 1 better? What are you, fucking moron? Because I said it was more contained, and I liked <laughs> I liked the the how you didn't really see them until, like, the very end, the mm. the, the menace, and then, um, you know, the, the sacrifice. <laughs> the sacrifice. Oh, I mean, it's just, when it came out, you know, it was like one of those horror movies when I you left, you're like, whoa, like, and it wasn't even because it's scary. It's just like tense and very, you know, like I said, self-contained, very um, streamlined. It Nothing really was out of place. Like it was very, it, especially considering, I mean, John Krasinski, I think, did something, one thing prior to this, but it was like a rom-com or something. But other than that, for him to have that much control, I felt in that and being obviously, you know, one of the, or the lead actor at the time. Um, and I just love the, the, I mean, so many of the cool, so many cool ideas were presented by this, like putting sand down to walk on barefoot, like the way that they ate dinner, you know, all, all the cool stuff that the little props they made and little things that they did to yeah, not really fleshed sound. out a world yeah. where this is like a thing that has been happening. Yep. So that the entire ambiance of the entire, of that um, setting really got established in this one. So like, Obviously, it has to it establish the entire world, so it's got to be a little bit better than the next one. Cool, cool. All right, eighty three is the Matrix Revolutions. Ta-da. Um, that's right. Which means there's probably going to be two more that are higher than this because this is you know that's his greatest trilogy in a trilogy. Yes, this is my favorite trilogy. Um. And well, yeah, or I, is it more of a quadrilogy now? 
No. Yeah. <laughs> it was a quadrilogy before because the Animatrix is also great. So then it's a quintilogy. No. Matrix Resurrections does not exist. Um, this, yeah, these movies I watched again at a very influential time, so I have a lot of nostalgia for them, but rewatching them as I get older, I understand more and more. I think there is a lot of things to um, pull from these movies, and yeah, there's just a lot of dumb action, but it's done way better than most movies, and I think they look amazing. Just everything technically I love in these movies. And um, yeah, this is a very satisfying conclusion to that story. And it didn't need to be resurrected. All right. Moving on. I got a classic here. Laquisha? (laughs) Dave made a maze? Seven Samurai. I know you guys were not on the bandwagon, but I was sold by it. This movie is phenomenally beautiful and so influential to so much that came uh, after it. Is that the beer for Seven Samurai? No, the beer. The end of it. <laughs> the end was rough. <laughs> the last little switch there was rough, yeah. Uh, but this movie wasn't. It's 207 minutes of greatness. With a 12-minute intermission. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I watched it, though, just so I could say I watched everything. I didn't watch it. I passed forward. How dare you? That'd be like fast forwarding through the classic paint drying and saying you watched it all. Yeah. Or skipping through the pie scene. If you didn't watch all 10 minutes or 10 hours, then can you say, can you log it? No. Actually, I think I just was on my phone during that time. Yeah. It was, I cooked something. I didn't expect it to be that long. I'm like, holy shit. Why didn't they just cut this out? But it would have been not true to the film. Too true to the film. So. Yeah, fantastic movie that just holds up and looks beautiful to this day. And obviously the story now seems so repetitive because it's a movie that made, that everybody copied after. But it is still like just yeah, phenomenal movie. Uh, next, another horror movie in a row. Um, I have a number 82, It Comes at Night. A mm. Trey Edward Schultz film. Tess. Kyle, did you like this one? You don't Marjorie. like Trisha. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, good horror film. Great to see an elevated horror film, especially because I've seen a fuck ton of them. Um, Calvin Harrison Jr., our boy, is in it. Um, Joel Edgerton is in it. And just the. You know, it's one of those movies that really pulls on the psyche of things that are going on. You know, like there's there's a outbreak of some sort. They go into a deserted or a like fortress of sorts in the middle of nowhere. Bombard or, you know, um, not bombard. Um, whatever. Mm-hmm. Protect the <laughs> protect the house. You have another boy of ours, Christopher Abbott's in it. Um so yeah, great, great movie, great overall tension, um, you know, and the ending is pretty fucking awesome. So good, good movie, great movie, narrated to. All right, 82 for me is, let me make sure I have this right, Blade Runner, Ridley Scott, 1982. Um, yeah, a lot of people 
call this one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, and I definitely see how it is super influential um, to a lot of movies. Uh, I think the production design and the cinematography in this are like the best elements about it for sure. Um, yeah, just gorgeous to look at, awesome effects, and like I said, production design, and it's a classic. And the score is amazing. From uh, I think Vangelis did it. Yeah. All right, eighty-one. I have. The Hustler. Nice. Kyle probably hasn't seen this one. The Hustler? Yeah, by like Robert Rosen. Rosen. Paul Newman. It's Paul Newman. Say the the, the Paul original Newman Color of Money. The Color pool. Money was based yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. So Hustler is on this list because our dad, not dad of the podcast, <laughs> our, our actual, actual dad, father, was uh, actually met. The guy, this he, Paul Newman's character, Fast Eddie, was built, uh, was Eddie based Felt. upon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was, I mean, this movie is acted fantastically. It holds. I feel I watched this again, not like it I mean, it's like been 57? a while. Yeah, it came out in 60? 61. 61. Yeah. So black and white, and yeah, it just it's a very character driven movie where you're just. He is already the best, right? It's not like uh, someone moving up through the ranks to become a great pool player. It's based on billiards, if you guys don't know. And he hustles people for money. He acts like he's bad, and then he's actually good. And he's already, like, the best, and then he ends up playing someone who gets in his head, and he's kind of weak mentally, and it's, like, working up from there and figuring himself out and all of the things. And just the fact that it's built around pool, because that was what a much bigger thing then than it is nowadays, but... It's just, yeah, such an interesting movie that I have so much nostalgia for, and I'm happy that stands up even through the nostalgia. Yeah, banger. My next one, uh, Aaron Sorkin film, uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Ooh. New movie. Really loved it. Um, Acted well, written well. I mean, we all know Aaron Sorkin is a great writer. This is one of his actual directing um uh, second directing second one yeah feature. and then he obviously wrote for like or he's just known as a writer second movie uh obviously got some oscar nods um yeah i just thoroughly enjoyed it i really enjoyed the the ending even though it was cliche and corny i thought it was very powerful and i it did exactly what it should have done for me um and it just shows that maybe aaron sorkin is a competent can be a writer and a director at the same time. Uh, uh, the other one, or is his third, or it's his second one, but he has three now, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yep, Trial of Chicago Seven. All right, eighty-one is Quiz Show. Uh, this is directed by Robert Redford. Came out in nineteen ninety-four. Um, it's a period piece from the fifties, I believe, about um, a true story of this quiz show scandal and this guy's kind of it's kind of like a mystery he's trying to get to the bottom of this and um yeah just a super compelling easy watch um it's kind of long but it flies by uh john turturro and ray fines uh star in it so acting is amazing yeah just remember this being like a super compelling movie and it's definitely one that i need to rewatch again but um initial impressions were that i absolutely loved it this one is a movie I just talked about recently and 
squeaked into the list, but made it pretty far when I started messing around with it. And that is the Demon Slayer movie. Oh, God. (laughs) So hard one. It was difficult for me, not because it doesn't deserve as in like it's technically well done. It's an amazing story and everything involved in it is great. But it's also hard to make this list because you would have to watch the first season to get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. So it stands alone well. Like you'd be, I feel like people just picking this up and watching out of nowhere may not completely understand the characters involved, but I still think it's complete on its own. Just, and the animation is stunning. But yeah, it's, uh, if you haven't seen Demon Slayer and you have any interest in anime at all, it's the anime right now, other than, you know, Attack on Titan. And it's still going. And the first season's fantastic, and the movie is fantasticer. <laughs> fantasticer. Okay, number eighty. I have a 1972 classic in Solaris. Ooh. We did our Tarkovsky premium. Mm-hmm. Might hear of him a little bit later as well. Maybe, 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 maybe possible. Um, <laughs> didn't know anything about this guy. Thanks to thank you, Kyle, for bringing him to uh, to light. Um, but yeah, extremely well done. I mean, obviously, um, you know, such a feeling of isolation. Um, feeling the the weight of this movie is pretty pretty um, intense. Um, the 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 themes and the elements that are discussed in this are pretty high concept, um, and definitely not for everyone. I mean. I, I it'd be hard for me to recommend this to anyone to be completely <laughs> honest but um I I mean Tarkovsky was a legend obviously and uh short lived I don't think he lived very long but um, no he died young pretty young one of the three that we watched uh one of his early ones and I mean definitely definitely uh, moved his way up into my you know into my sights it's it was a movie that I never expected to like, nor would I have ever watched it uh, unless it was for Kyle. So, um, yeah, Solaris, number 80. All right. So my number 80 is Birds of Passage. Uh, this movie came out in 2018. Uh, it was directed by Ciro Gorera and Cristina Gallego. Uh, I think they were the same directors that did Embrace of the Serpent, which I think was probably a little bit more well-known, but this came out after that. haven't seen Embrace of the Serpent yet, but um, I absolutely loved this movie. Um, It's kind of about drug trafficking and just the effects of it on this village. It's super well shot. Um, There's some metaphor and visions in this that, really heighten it and um yeah i just definitely need to rewatch this definitely need to see embrace of the serpent but uh yeah first watch for this moved it super high up my list that year of uh best of best films of that year whatever i think it was 2019 so yeah birds of passage definitely recommend it if you have not seen it breaking into the 70s that's right we have 79 which is Snowpiercer, already talked about. Bong Joon-ho, fantastic, uh, Mary, an English film of his. His first so one. First English film. 
Also, one of his only one. Tusk, I think. Uh, Okja is more or, that's a lot I mean. of English, no, Tusk, too. Tusk, I'm I mean, <laughs> this one is pretty much... Did you say they're kind of like... No. Tusk. You guys talked about it at the same time. I do like I Tusk. I don't know why they would come I don't know why. <laughs> I like Tusk, I like but Tusk it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's why I meant the old. It's China. not making the top 100 spoiler, <laughs> but I like Tusk. But yeah, I mean, Kyle already talked about this earlier. You t- yeah, you chimed in a little bit. Too. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. It's Bong Joon Ho, and I love his style. Obviously, mm. um, I now have a three in a row of classic horror. <laughs> and they're actually all a year apart, which is I did not <laughs> plan this, but um, are th- your choices in order by year? They're in, th- yeah, they're really, like, oh. yeah. So the first one's eighty, eighty-one, eighty-two. Wow. Um, so seventy-nine, uh, nineteen eighty horror classic, The Changeling. Changeling. Uh, Kyle, uh, what's what? I can't. I always fucking, what's <laughs> his fucking name? Your boy. You just talking actor? about George. Oh, George Orwell. No, 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 not George. He was in Exorcist. Uh, huh? Hmm. You know Kyle. Just no, no, say no. It. The, 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 he was the general. General in. Yeah. Wait. Was George? Or- is George Orwell? No, Scott. Anyway, uh, I'll get it. George C. Scott. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, George C. Scott. Yes. Okay. George Orwell. And that is that. That's the writer. George Orwell, Orwell did 1984. From? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <The> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, it's about time for another beer, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the first time I watched it. Part of my uh, 31 Days of Horror I did in uh, this October, so I was able to catch some classics, um, and this is one of them. Uh, didn't a lot of you could tell a lot of influence, um, you know, ha- came from this movie. A lot of you know, a lot of the um, you know, the, the haunted mansion genre kind of came, not necessarily came from this, but I bet, I think that this is one of the, you know, staples in terms of that genre. Um, Peter Medak, Medak, Medak directed it. Um, and it just has one of the most, I mean, the scene, like the end scene is pretty iconic. The score is really good. Obviously George C. Scott is a legend um, and acted extremely well. He's a composer, so the score in this is like extremely good because you can't make a movie about Better. a composer, a uh, you know a guy that's that concentrates in music and not have a great score. So very ominous at times, very melodic, very mundane at times, tense when it needs to be. Um, just a great all around movie and regarded by a lot as you know a top ten, top twenty horror film of all time. And I had the chance to watch it, and I agree. It's right up there with some of the best horror that I've seen. All right, my 79 is Midnight Special, which came out in 2016. It's directed by Jeff Nichols. Um, this is uh, kind of a sci-fi thriller movie, just about a, a kid who has to go on the run because uh, they find out he has special powers, and it's you know pretty pretty simple story but uh delves into some you know father-son relationship drama and yeah it's just uh i honestly need to rewatch this one as well but i remember absolutely loving the ending which is pretty interesting so (laughs) beer time okay before we move on let's crack open another beer uh moving on to 
Hazy Wonder from Lagunitas Brewing. Um, we've had Lagunitas on the show before. We had the Maximus Colossal IPA, which was delicious. Uh, but this is a New England Hazy IPA from them, coming in at 6% ABV, 25 IBUs. Description reads, this fascinating ferment is full of fabulous sabro, citra, and cashmere hops for a smooth tropical fruitiness, a slightly bitter, densely hazy phenomenon that's strangely light in mouthfeel, keeping you satisfied and still coming back for more. Mm. All right, let's try it out. I like coming back for more. Sabro hops, super um, coconutty. See, I don't, I don't even know if I've had many beers with those hops. Well, Ogma has that, that sabro pale ale. Mm. Do they have another one on the can? It says and comet, which wasn't in the description. Comet? Never comet heard that. And there's a new description here on here too. Might as well read this. When a brilliant idea strikes, why do they say a light bulb goes off and not on? The difference between Yeah, why the fuck do they do that? Very interesting. <laughs> why does it say alarm goes off? But it goes on. The siren goes off. You sound off like when you're yeah. <laughs> Sound off. I don't know. I take my pants off. <laughs> Wait. Anyway, <laughs> um, Kyle, how do you not like this? This is delicious. It's uh, better than I remember. Uh, I still, I think it's, it's still not cit- great. Not citra hops, but I don't know. It's it something that has that like aftertaste that reminds me not amarillo hops. It just so. feels. Yeah, it, so, it just amarillo tastes hops, so like yeah. bland. Like I like. It's a Especially, crusher. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't give me that like... In the world, pretty, in the world this, of hazy, this is, is the this opposite is insanely of light. the Austin Brothers hazy that I just had, which is so thick and dense and like fruity. Well, and like this M- is a needle dick, basically. Yeah, or like the other one's a choke. M43, like this does not taste like M43. No, the other well, this Austin is Brothers, claiming to be BBC, a, this... It's not bad, though. Micro. This is <laughs> like... Uh, this is our dick versus... <laughs> yeah. This is people who... Like some people don't like IPAs, but they'll drink hazy. Some people don't like hazies because they want IPAs. This is like the IPA lovers hazy. This reminds me of Weez and the <laughs> Juice from Grand Armory. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a pretty good one. I think this would be considered more juicy than hazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's bitter juicy. at all. <laughs> well, it's only 20 IBUs. Fuck. Oh, yeah. 25. <laughs> like, it's not bitter at all. Yeah. Probably a little better than I remember, but. Uh, I like better. By 0.25. Nah, let's keep it the same. I ain't rechecking it in for that. All right. What are we on? Moving on to 78. Jacob, you're up. Can I check in my beer? Sure. So blurry. I'm going to keep it, though. It's like zoomed (laughs) into the. Just (laughs) fucking just look at the progression of your photos. Yeah. I just want it to get worse so they know where I'm at. All right. Done. Moving on now. Now I can move on. Great. To 78, Promising Young Woman. I know this. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Where is it, Kyle? I don't know. I have to find it. I'm going to wait. Which one do you want? I don't know. What I want. are you, fucking moron? There we go. All right. So. Are you dumb, stupid, or dumb? Huh? Turn up. <laughs> never down. Turn me up, never down. So this was by Emerald Fennell or Fennell. I sure. don't know. I believe you. Another 2020. Was that the 100 movies we watched was 2020? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> there's probably a lot of 2020s on this list. That's because I watched 100 in a year, over 100 in a year. 
of 2020 movies specifically. <laughs> Maybe we should make that again because it really got me into watching a lot of movies. Oh, forcing you to do 100? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we still was you're, rough. You're still the only person holding yourself accountable for that. So if you want to set that as it a goal, it was pretty then do rough. It. But we I, hit 75. Yeah, to that was the year I watched fucking Vibration. And <laughs> what was the other? And um, what was the David Violet. Spade movie? Oh, the wrong Missy. Yeah, we both watched that. God. But it always gave you something that you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm watching this. It's either terrible watch Netflix movie, this premium, this the featured, or 2020. Yeah. <laughs> but so, promising young woman, I thought was fantastic. I thought it looked really good, and I loved like some of the parts in it. Hit I think so you just, hard. I think you have a thing for Bo Burnham. He was in this, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Hey, Bo Burnham's inside is not on this list, unfortunately. You want him inside you, that's why. I mean, no, Jacob loves the woke commentary. I do. Jacob <laughs> loves this woke. Stay very woke. woke. I stay woke. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There we go. Fantastic. Watch it. Great. 78. So, uh, another movie, or another... Uh, one of the horror, classic horror. I have Halloween 2. Rick Rosenthal? I don't have it brought up. but um, Direct sequel to one. It literally starts off right from the John Carpenter's Halloween classic. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, this one is right in line with... I think this one is regarded as probably the second or third best of the entire 12 of them. <laughs> um, and it's just you got Jamie Lee Curtis, the 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 environment, the vi- like all of the Halloween movies, the, all the best ones have the same kind of um, environment, the dark uh, small town feel. You know, when they get to this to the outer ones, that the worst ones are like they try too much and they 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 fall out inside of the the realm of Halloween that was created by John Carpenter himself. Um, and I think that this one is just a, just a full bone, you know, classic. You're in the hospital, you get the hospital scene, you get some, uh, you get, obviously, like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis is there. Um, and it's just, it's just a, <laughs> a classic that everyone needs to, everyone needs to watch, especially if you're a fan of any of the Halloween movies. If you haven't, I don't know how you couldn't, but for some reason, if you haven't watched Halloween two, it is very good. And like I said, probably second or third best. Well, for me personally, third best in the series. All right, my 78 Eight. is Loose Ooh. from 2019, directed by Julius Ona, classic classic director of uh, The Cloverfield Paradox. Jacob's favorite movie. Banger. <laughs> um, mm. Loose, yeah, this uh, this came out of left field. Um, definitely took a couple of rewatches to fully appreciate it, but I love just this one little line that Letterboxd has here. The truth has many faces, and mm. that's basically what it boils down to: is a movie exploring, you know, what uh, what is the truth, and uh, the just the parental and adopted kid dynamic. Um, how much does like a pa- like his past play into it? Uh, all of these different factors, you know, like nature and nurture. There's just so many themes going on in this movie, and I think it it balances them all perfectly and it's just a super great exploration at uh into this character of loose and um a banger score by my boys uh ben salisbury and jeff barrow oh they did it yeah 
Mm. Ambiguity at its finest in this movie. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Damn, that was a good pick. <laughs> you don't Who have loose in yours? No. Oop, I didn't. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't. But I in retrospect, might be on that list. I may or may not have <laughs> in mine. So this one might be higher. I feel like this is going to be pretty high on at least Joshua's list. But probably, probably Kyle has this too. It's a Sound of Metal. Turn up. Fantastic movie that was robbed. Yeah. And <laughs> Raj Patel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Raj Patel. What's the guy that was in Green Knight? Dev Patel? Dev, Dev Patel. Patel. <laughs> I, I went to school with a Dev Patel also. Same guy. Wasn't the same guy. It's fine. We're canceled already, so. Are we? Keep moving. Yep. Damn. Oh, we were canceled. Like, oh, we've been canceled. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn. Jacob's, Jacob, wokeness, Jacob's wokeness canceled us. And <laughs> yeah, probably. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> we're such a cinema bitches. <laughs> so, Sound of Metal is Darius Martyr. Murder. <laughs> Martyr, and it's about a drummer who loses hearing. And th- I feel like this is one of the movies that would almost be better enjoyed if you were deaf. That's what we were saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying again. Yeah, you miss out on a lot of that great uh, sound design elements, though. True. Amazing sound <laughs> design. Incredible. Yeah. But there was so much that I felt like I wasn't getting as much out of it with the sign yeah. language, well, which was like the entire dinner huge. scene. Huge. Yeah. There was an entire yeah, the scene. Dinner scene. They're just like, and like they're laughing and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And they're signing to each other. You're like, what are they saying? What are they doing? They're talking about me. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about me. <laughs> what are they saying about me? <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> Why are they laughing? But yeah, fantastic movie. That got wrapped. Got wrapped. Cool. Um, number seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. Halloween three, season of the witch. <laughs> oh fucking! Way. The most um Was underappreciated. No. Oh, I don't know who this director. I don't even know who directed it. Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Duh. Why did you the, know yeah, <laughs> the one and only. Tommy Lee. Not the only be, one. Yeah, not to <laughs> There's Tommy never Lee been Jones, another famous Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. This is <laughs> the most famous, clearly. Um, Most shit on... Well, not the most shit on, but I think the most underappreciated for what it is because it is the only one that doesn't have M- Michael Myers in it. Really? Yeah. doesn't. He's not even remotely in this movie at all. But I don't... I don't it doesn't matter to me because... The story itself is really cool. You know, the the mind control masks that they have. Like, it's super... <laughs> and it's, like, so cliche 80s, but I fucking love it. You know, I love the aesthetic of the 80s. They have, like, these lightning bolt, like, special effects that look like shit. Like, the character is, like, a... Looks like Magnum P.I. and, like, fucking Tom Selleck himself. Yeah. Um, But just the... You know, I just love the 80s... You know, small town vibe and like this one has it to the fullest, even more than two. Like two, like I said, is regarded as like the second or third or second best. Like I, these ones, I think Halloween two and three are pretty interchangeable with me, but I wanted to make a statement and say that it's a little bit better in this on my list. Um, 
Yeah, I just think it gets a lot of bad rap for no reason. I mean, people are like, oh, it was well, Michael it's, Myers. It is um, somewhat divisive. I mean, some people love that movie, so yeah, if you I, fall into that camp, which you clearly do, then, yep. you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely the most divisive of all of them because it doesn't have Michael, and it's like, how do you call it Halloween? But it it Weren't they like trying to start like a whole franchise thing at that point, though? Where it was not, I mean, obviously it is a franchise, but I thought they were trying to like make spinoffs into like yeah, a yeah. bunch of different. Yep. yep. But it, I, you know, it just, I don't know. It's, I think it's, I just think it has, has all the elements of just like a classic 80s horror that you want out of, you know, the, the synth soundtrack. The, it has all the, the cliche 80s. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I thought it was great and I loved it so much. So, 77. Cool, cool. My 77 is Indiana Jones and... Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Crystal Last Skull. Crusade. <laughs> I should have put Crystal Skull on. Crystal Skull speaks to me. Um, Crystal Skull is that the underrated, yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, as bad as everyone says. But The Last Crusade is my favorite of these movies. I don't have as much affinity for them as other people do, but then again, I am not an 80s kid. And um, I've never seen them, so... You've never seen Are you serious? Them? None of them. Except for Crystal Whoa. Skull. Well, I've seen Raiders, for sure. <laughs> I haven't seen any. Premium. <laughs> That'd be a good premium. Yeah. Um, be a great premium. Before the new one comes out. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, Last Crusade, I think it's the best. Is that the third one? It's the third one. And also it has um, Sean Connery in it as his dad. R.I.P. Yes. The man with the hat is back, and this time he's bringing his dad. Daddy's home. So, <laughs> got a little jersey. No, but yeah, the uh, just the dynamic between those two is amazing. It goes back to its roots, where I mean, Temple of Doom is a prequel to his story from the continuation of uh, uh what's the first one called? Raiders. Raiders. Oh, sorry, I just said it. Yeah, no, I said. Anyway. I just said Raiders. Also, well, I guessed Raiders was his. <laughs> It brings it back to the uh, Nazis, and I love this story, too, because it has the Holy Grail in it, which, if you know a decent amount about, it's just an interesting story. (laughs) Uh, About Holy Grails? Mm, 76. We have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, I was going to try to rewatch this, but I never got it. around to it. Foreman. I was going to try and watch this. So did we watch this in... We did uh, watch it in school. Yeah, Mr. Rinish's class. So this was uh, history. Was this advanced history or something? Advanced, whatever that was. I don't know. But that's where I watch this. It was just like in school, you know, you watch great movies and read great books. And people just totally neglected that we were usually watching great movies and reading great books. Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like classic. (laughs) It is a classic. (laughs) But. Yeah, this was one of them. I mean, we also watched Schindler's List and mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet and Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. We watched them on really shitty TVs with yeah, terrible the transfers. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kids uh. will never know what we went through. <laughs> I could control it with my remote watch, though, and people yeah. never knew. But <laughs> it was way ahead of my time. Yeah, One Flew Over Cuckoo Nest it is a story of a guy who is normal and went to a psych ward to get out of prison, right? And then he ended up, they wouldn't believe that he wasn't crazy. So he just ended up becoming crazy because of the craziness. 
And it's just like such a dark story. Mm-hmm. And well done. I mean, it's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> so, yeah, acted well. Just everything about it was so good. And it just blew my mind at the time when I watched it. Now, I mean, you see, I mean, Shutter Island, right? It's kind of a concept. It's somewhat similar in there. There's a lot of movies that deal with this kind of thing now, but. Definitely could have drawn inspiration from. Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. But this was just it blew my mind when i watched this the first time not so much now but still a really well done <laughs> movie it's still really good didn't you just watch it recently and said it wasn't that good no what was the one it's been you? a long time since clockwork I've seen orange it. that's what i'm thinking yeah um 76 for me nwr first whoa oh he made the list he josh might, with an nwr pick. he might come back later soon Which one though the the one the f- the Neon. one I'm talking about right now is Bronson Neon Demon. Oh, the wrong one. Bronson. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have only God forgets. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Only God forgives is nowhere near this list. Can't even sniff at this list. Um, Bronson Tom Hardy does a great job. Also has a slight bit of nostalgia because Kyle and I watched this together. A B. It was my first NWR film. Mm-hmm. I had ever seen because Kyle and I were in a Tom Hardy kick for a little bit. <laughs> I think we watched Locke like two days after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that Tom Hardy does an extremely good job in this. You know, I, if 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 it wasn't him, I don't know where this movie would be. <laughs> well, you know, without it, uh, very like a bio. It's a basically a biopic, a glorified biopic. Um, about the world's most violent criminal, uh, or world's most violent prisoner, whatever they call him. But uh, yeah, Britain's uh, most violent, yeah, criminal, right? Uh, something, something like uh, that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, NWR's my my intro to NWR, and I love it. Tom Hardy. Cool, cool. Seventy six for me is. District Nine. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Damn, <laughs> Damn it! it. I, From Neil Blomkamp. That hundred percent should be in my top hundred. Uh, yeah, it gave Neil Blomkamp so much <laughs> promise, and then he just did yeah, nothing with it yeah, after put that. Put him on the map, and then uh, he threw himself off the map. So Neil Blomkamp, he needs a produce <laughs> a good producer. Yeah, so this came out in two thousand nine, uh, right around the time I was getting very into movies, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, did something that. I hadn't really seen done at least super well at the time, which was it's shot like a documentary, but it's very much a narrative film. And um, I love that style, stylistic choice for this because it's about these aliens that come to Earth and um, not really for any reason besides seeking refuge. And there's obviously super obvious metaphors about refugees, refugees like seeking help and what we do to them and just the sick human nature that is human nature. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, I love all the looks that they take into those, um, those elements and the ending does kind of go like hard sci-fi, but, um, I still love it. And yeah, it's, uh, pretty great. I love the ending, like the very, very ending too. Not just, not the end with the action. I mean, the ending with what happens to our titular or no, not titular, (laughs) our character, main character, Charlotte Copley, what's his name? Vickis. Vickis, yeah. Vickis. That movie 
at the time was like pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I remember the stuff they the did with CG. I mean, I'm sure. It holds I think up. no, that's C- I feel like that CG definitely holds up. The only negative I have about the movie is the fact that it should have been the Halo movie, but oh well. <laughs> we'll never oh, we know. Have the show now, coming. So. We have the show coming. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. Seventy-five. All right. Seventy-five. Quarter of the way done. Already talked about upgrade. Nice. Great movie. Most talked about now on the show. Definitely not. Super. I would watch that one today. You'd watch it like three times in a week. I watch <laughs> twice, two or three times in a week. I would watch it right now. It's just so rewatchable. Definitely agreed. Hell yeah. You sound so fucking stupid to me right now. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Number 75, Don John. Oh, nice. <laughs> Had to throw it in there. I've said that line hundreds of times in my life. I oh, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't not put this movie in. And I just recently rewatched it. It moved up a little bit. I think it's a very original idea. Never hasn't been done before I, that I know of. I haven't seen a film that's anything even close to what this film is you know and it's jgl directing his only or maybe his only at least his first um and yeah it's <laughs> scarlett johansson's great in it uh i always forget his fucking name the dad uh tony oh tony, tony danza. danza yeah <laughs> great in it mm-hmm. it's just a great <laughs> it's funny but I, you know, nostalgia is a hell of a drug, and I had to throw it on here because I've just quoted it infinitely, time, infinite times. Cool, cool. All right, my number seventy-five is True Romance. Ooh, you just watched that again? Yep, just uh, rewatched this one to solidify its place where it should go. Um, but this came out in '93. It's directed by Tony Scott, and it's actually written by Quentin Tarantino. Um, just a pretty basic story about uh you know a couple that they're a new couple but uh they come into some drugs and they are just trying to offload them so they can live happily ever after and it's you know a great crime thriller um brad pitt is in this movie i mean the cast is absolutely stacked but brad pitt is hilarious in this movie he's only in it for like maybe a minute or two um there's only one scene with christopher walken but that scene is absolutely amazing uh the scenes with James Gandolfini is incredible. Like this movie just has incredible set pieces and scenes put together that really come together. Well, like Gary Oldman is in this, but he's only in it for a little bit. His character is insane. The way he looks is insane. Like all of these like major actors come together in this movie to just give like amazing scenes and sequences that come together in the end to just make this awesome movie. Like I love how they go to, (laughs) <laughs> like to talk about this drug deal that they want to make they go to an amusement park to do it which is just such like it just seemed like so fresh and unique like of an idea like to go to a, a theme park and get on a roller coaster and talk about a drug deal i don't know <laughs> Rewatching that really really enjoyed that so 74 pig mm. so i know this one's gonna be on joshua's list somewhere oh yeah higher up way higher up. so i'll let him gush about a little bit more later but it i just this movie subverted my expectations a lot more than what i expected the entire movie was yeah <laughs> what way probably one of the biggest ever honestly with what i was expecting and what i got and i was very i was already on board for what i was expecting and i was more than happy 
with what I got. It's a fantastic movie, and it is so. It's just so good to see Nick Cage trying. I mean, I love his other stuff too. Don't get me wrong, but I love I just seeing him try. Mm-hmm. You realize, oh yeah, he is capable of this too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, seventy four for me. The only G Del T movie I have on this list. Pans. Crimson Peak. Ooh. Crimson Peak is my favorite G Del T movie. Makes sense. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> That's why I, I, it was right. It's in my wheelhouse. Tom Hiddleston's in it. Uh, fucking what's your nuts is in it. The other <laughs> yeah, people in it. <laughs> The other dude is in it. Another guy is and in it. And some other people did some things in it. <laughs> there was a Crimson Peak somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in there. No, uh, gothic romance with a slight bit of horror. I mean, <laughs> where can you go wrong with it? You know, it's. I loved it. I, like I said, I, I've never. I'm openly not the biggest GTLT fan. I definitely appreciate him. I respect the hell out of him. Thought Nightmare Alley would be up there. Wasn't. <laughs> Well, it was good. Yeah. But uh, didn't pass Crimson Peak. Oh, because of, yeah. Like the trailer makes it look like, oh, this is going to be up my. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I love that yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. I love Carney's. I mean, I love everything about it. This one just still stills my, my Magnus, op- Magnus Opus of G Del T. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Guillermo del Toro is who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you know. are uncultured. <laughs> If you didn't listen to our Guillermo del Toro premium, also says it's cinema.pancamp.com. All right, my 74? 74. 74 is The Revenant. Oh, fuck. Uh, 2015, directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Inaratu. Uh, recently watched this one. Um, yeah, Emmanuel Lebetsky? Is mm-hmm. that the. Emmanuel Lebetsky shot it. Cinematography. Yeah, God. the cinematography in this movie yeah. is just like absolutely incredible. But. I mean, it's it. This is a very very simple story about a man yeah. who gets mauled by a grizzly and then has to survive so he can exact his revenge. Um, but he doesn't really like ever. Nothing's ever like super explicit in that sense. Um, there's a lot of interesting things with native people in this and tribes and cultures clashing and um, yeah, it's just extremely well shot uh there's a little bit more going on than like i said just that simple nature of that uh premise um especially with tom hardy's character he's he's given the most um i guess well he's he's kind of the villain but anyway his character puts in motion a lot of things sets a lot of things in motion so but yeah no this movie is uh amazing i love the dream sequences Love a lot of the nature aesthetic and yeah, what that uh, that grizzly scene is unforgiving. My Fuck yeah. yeah, it's heavy. And it got. Did you say you got Leo's Oscar? Yeah, us. He won uh, best actor for this for having fourteen Finally. lines of English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was more of a he should have won it a long time ago. Like, more of like, oh, we fucked up for Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf yeah. of Wall Street and Shutter Island the same year. Yeah, and he didn't get. It's like, yeah. okay, and also he's Titanic and like, they're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's, it's time. I mean, it, he, 
it, the behind the scenes movie. Yeah, like you watch this and you're thinking it's just a movie, but the behind the scenes for this is actually more crazy than the movie because he puts himself in a lot of life or death yeah, situations. Yeah, he like almost froze to death or something. Yeah, right? he yeah. crawled into that fucking real life animal. Yeah, and ate a fucking heart. And he's a super vegan, super vegetarian, and actually bit that heart and ate it. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> and it was filmed. At, they had eight hours a day to film because of the time. That didn't they Columbia. film in like a different? They had to move to like a different. A lot of the lighting is not artificial because like there's a lot of um, lens flares from the sun and stuff. Yeah, that you can. They see. could only film for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. or like for like the entire shot time. And it, yeah, obviously it pays off because movies like this are beautiful. Yeah, once, once in a generation. If only it was on my list. <laughs> if only. Anyway. 73. Something that is on my list, The Wrestler. Mm. So we got a Darren Aronofsky movie. Aronofsky. <laughs> Aronofsky. Another. another uh, so this is another premium. So if you really want to go into depth <laughs> on this too, apparently we, these premiums are a good idea because we keep picking movies from them. Well, we don't pick shitty premiums. So. Yeah. There's a Try reason it's yep. premium. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this is probably one of the most grounded of his movies. I don't if know. Not the most. Yeah, this uh, is 100% the most. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, this is <laughs> no. the most. I mean, the drug one is realistic. Requiem? Yeah. Requiem. yeah. It's realistic. Yeah, but, it, but it's still, it still really has, stylized. Yeah. This is the most grounded and definitely accessible movie of his to get into, and he nails it. I mean, I always love when he had most of his, even the grounded ones have little magic things. This that really doesn't have anything involved in it. It's just like, so Mickey Rourke. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic movie from beginning to end. Looks great. Just everything about it is so real, so raw and visceral mm-hmm. and just good and just so human. So oh, yeah. human. And just the, you can, even though I'm not, I mean, I'm, just turning 30. I'm not aging at the end of my career or anything, but like you can empathize with or sympathize with it based on just how well done this movie is and just feel that. And, and I think the best part is it's a wrestler coming to terms with that. And it's Mickey Rourke coming in terms of that. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's him. It's, a double, life. It's, it's him. It's his. I mean, almost, he's raw in it's, this. Yeah. It's, well, I'm just saying it's almost like his career. Like it's a comeback of, you know, whatever I forget uh, his char- the re- the name of the character that he plays, but I don't. Yeah, it's like him coming, the Ram, making a Randy comeback. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, him making a comeback, and then Mickey Rourke basically made a comeback in this one too. Yeah, so. and it works. Yeah, on a lot many of different levels. A lot of levels. Yeah, seventy three, which I <laughs> know for a fact we'll hear about this one again. So I'll save the larger synopsis and the larger review for somebody else, but we'll leave a 75 at annihilation. Mm. <laughs> Alex, Alex Garland filmed. Never heard of it. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. Cause I know, I know for a fact it's going to come back <laughs> later. So I will leave this. You might want to talk about it now. I'll probably be fucked up. By then. <laughs> that's, how, that's how late it's going to show up. So spoiler alert, <laughs> it's going to show up really late. Yeah. For Kyle. <laughs> I, I would, I'm going to put, a money on it that I would oh, put I money know exactly on it. It's like it top three. I know where it's going to we'll be. We'll see. But um, Kyle will be able to expound it a little bit. Uh, super visual. 
Um, Gorgeous. I still haven't. I still haven't found the spark that Kyle has. I did. Kyle, or did I don't go, think you ever will. You have to. I. You have to see it in theaters. Like I think the, I did see it in theaters. The first time you saw it, was yeah. It okay, that first time. Oh, I will never forget that theater experience. Like I said, sometimes like, and that's the thing about theater. Like it depends on where you're, who you're with. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's gonna mean a lot more to somebody else. But I, I've seen this, I think three or four times now, and mm-hmm. it does get better every time. It still hasn't reached that climax, and I, I don't, I'm not gonna say that it won't for me, but it's just missing a couple things. But score, Ben Salisbury, he, he did and this Jeff one. Barrow. Jeff Barrow did this one. I know that for a fact. Yep. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Ox Garland, who I'm sure will come up at least a couple more times for Definitely each of you guys too. List, yeah. This is the only film I have of his on here. Um, but I also am not as well versed as you guys are, but, um, yeah, Annihilation, <laughs> great movie. Uh, I have it on 4k. I just got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's that? Um, what's that theory where like the common, um, co- uh, consciousness theory, where, like everything is like all of like your mind? consciousness is in, is in the universe and like. You know how like when somebody invents something, like somebody else invents the same thing, like at the same time without sharing ideas. That happened with calculus. <laughs> well, it's just funny because you had Darren Aronofsky, you had Natalie Portman. My seventy Black Swan. three is Black Swan. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and that's happened a couple times with our yeah, list. That is true. <laughs> um, so yeah, Black Swan is directed by Darren Aronofsky, stars Natalie Portman. This came out in twenty ten. And it is uh, just an amazing look at the psyche of um, kind of a, a fragile psyche. And uh, is this is she becoming this part or is like the part becoming like, her. yeah, like tr- changing her, you know, and it's just a super dark look at that. And um, the ending is amazing. Oscar. The visions in this. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of always know what's real and not, not what's real, but um yeah, just those those scenes are amazing, and the character of Mila Kunis, I guess you could come into comes into question of is she ever real or not? And uh, yeah, we have a premium on this with with the wrestler, so check it out there if you want to hear our full thoughts. All right, moving right along to number seventy two, I have a very early one on this show, one of our early episodes, I think. That's. They made it Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Episode one. Episode one. So <laughs> I knew it was like early on. It was literally the earliest on yep. episode of this show. And that's Uncut Gems. And also the only Adam Sandler that will make my list. Because <laughs> I also dislike shame. him. What a shame. And I've watched many of his movies. And this is the best one by a long shot. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> I've watched it multiple times, and I think it's time for a rewatch. Safety Brothers directed, you should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the Safety Brothers, and I loved. I mean, I did like Good Time also, and uh, but this was still higher up for me. Mm-hmm. I know I switched for you guys. You guys like Good Time better, but Uncut Gems was just so painful to watch, and so beautifully done. <laughs> Just he the, watching a guy just make all the wrong decisions all the time is just so hard on your own psyche. It's so stressful and just creates this stress throughout this entire movie that's just high and tense and 
you never know what's going to come, but it just keeps going and breakneck speed. And it's just fantastic. And the intro is amazing. Mm. Oh yeah. Score. Yeah. Score. Amazing. Mm. Just so much is good about this movie. And yeah, it's so just so weird. It's so different. And I love the safety. So yeah. Can't wait for what they do next. Yep. Hope they make movies too bad. Fucking there. He's too busy acting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 72. Dad will love this pick. Let the right one in. Ooh, oh, that. W- I thought about that one too. The original or the? Oh, I didn't say let me in. I said no. let the right one in. Sorry, idiot. You blew it. <laughs> um. Uh, Thomas Alfredson, who um, also directed Tinker Soldier, Tinker Soldier, Soldier, Soldier Spy. Um, <laughs> my boy. Cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema is in it, or the cinematographer filmed it. Um, and arguably, Kyle will argue with it. Arguably, the best vampire film. And yeah, it's just it's just the the atmosphere it brings. I mean, like I said, Hoyt Hoyt has his hands all over this, and you could see the early in like you could. It was very early on, but you can still feel the direction that or the the film style that he uses in this and then he goes as far as you know interstellar which is way out there but the guy has so much control over everything i think that you know the little um love between the boy and the 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 young boy and the young girl is full-fledged um you know i love the the family dynamic of everything and it's just, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome, incredible vampire film that, like I said, I think it's the creme de la creme of vampire. And if you haven't watched it, go ahead and do that. Okay, you can disregard that. The creme de la creme of vampire <laughs> films will come up later. I was going to say, I knew it would come up later. <laughs> it's like Blade. Um, no, but my... <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> yeah, no, Twilight New Moon, obviously. Uh, my 72 is a little film from 1960 directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and that is Psycho. Psycho. Um, yeah, this movie is classic for a reason. Uh, I love how this movie kind of is segmented into three different parts. Like, it, you think you ha- know the main character, and then it's really just everybody is just weaving in and out of Norman Bates' story rather than like you're following this one person. Uh, the intro, like the whole lead up to everything is absolutely incredible. Like everything from her to getting to like, to, to getting to the base motel is absolutely incredible. <clears throat> they do like this voiceover that's, uh, you don't know if it's actually like what is happening or if it's like in her head, like what she's imagining is happening. Cause like she's thinking, She's paranoid and she's thinking like, oh, is this like, is this what the cops are thinking or is like, or, or it could be played as like, no, this is actually what happened. And Mm. I don't know, just that, that whole part's amazing. Anyway, the rest of this is shot incredibly. Like there's this amazing shot of like an owl, like he's, uh, he's, um, does taxidermy and like he, there's just like the shot of him and like, there's like this owl in the background, but it's in a very, um, it's in like an, an attack stance, like insinuating that this is the predator and you're you have both of them in the shot and it's just 
you know, Hitchcock's a master for a reason. I he's still a huge blind spot for me. Like other movies from Hitchcock might be higher on my list, but I just haven't seen them yet. So I definitely want to fill that blind spot because I absolutely love Psycho, and yeah, definitely need to watch more Hitchcock movies. Uh, moving on at two seventy one now, I have Boyhood. Probably not, mm. <laughs> but just thinking back on this movie, I've only seen this once, but. It's just a movie that could have just leaned in and been successful on the story behind the movie itself, which is that it was filmed over 12 years. And that alone is enough to get, you know, a lot of people to watch it because that's so interesting. I don't think I've seen any Richard Linklater later films. You've never seen School of Rock? Uh, Not all the way, no. What the fuck? I don't like Jack Black. Ooh. School of Rock's amazing, though. Yeah. You know, I like Jack Black. Days and Confused. Nope. Link later premium. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but the fact that they he kind of nailed it with that growing coming of age story, and the amount of planning and everything that would have had to been involved in keeping the same actors, and just hoping that the kid would be good <laughs> throughout twelve years of his life from a boy to a man, right? Like to college is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is cohesive and it does work is even more insane. And it's not like it just works. It looks good. It And it is a good story, a coming of age story that just does well. And I mean, I don't think a lot of movies like this would ever be done maybe ever again. I, I wrestled with, I didn't, don't have it on my list, spoiler, but I thought about it because for me, it hit so like to home. Like it's there's no like movie put into this. It's more. It feels so much more like Slice a life, life yeah. lived out. Like yeah, it's so genuine. Like yeah, that's the shit that would happen. Like you feel there's like that one scene where he goes to the the house that's not built yet or whatever, and they're like drinking and stuff. But like nothing ever like dramatic happens from that. It's like it just happens. But like there's that tension like behind that scene. I don't know. I just. I just don't know how yeah. you like plan a movie like this because maybe things you have planned change because of the time. It's 12 years. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was in high school still 12 years ago. It's just, yeah, it's insane to think about Yeah. The what would be behind this and making it work. And mm-hmm. it does. It does work. And that earns its place. 71. NWR strikes again. Ooh. Drive. Oh. Should be higher, but that's okay. <laughs> nah. I like where it is. Um, Drive, obviously. NWR's most most approachable film. Definitely most successful. Definitely most successful film. Um, Ryan Gosling. Pl- great in this. <laughs> obviously. He had a he had a nice little run. Uh place between beyond the pines might come up later mm-hmm. um maybe 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 um yeah uh i that was my first nwr film didn't love it or not my first my second nwr film after bronson, bronson was my first yeah um didn't fall for as in love with it as much as others did but on the rewatch during the premium definitely moved up uh, liked it a little bit more than I did originally. 
and could probably potentially see myself liking it even more on a, another rewatch. Um, but uh, yeah, great. I mean, can't say enough good things about this. The score is really good. And it's right in my wheelhouse for sure. Um, the ins- the entire aesthetic is amazing. I like how NWR does a lot in like LA versus like you always think places do like Chicago, New York, but it's always cool to see place um, directors go like West Coast. You get just like a, it just feels like a different vibe. Um, and yeah, like I said, his best film I think, and yeah, Drive seventy one. I think it has one of the best uh, like escape getaway vehicle scenes ever the most like visceral and real mm. feeling ones. yeah 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 because it's not like an extended long out drawn like like chase scene where like <laughs> yeah. drift the car he would like, obviously be fucking destroyed by then yeah but it's like it's, it's very so realistic succinct, but yeah realistic exactly yeah okay my 71 is a recent film from 2020 or 2021 whatever you want to say it's the father, father i fucking knew it uh directed by florian zeller and this stars Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Uh, just the most realistic uh, depiction of dementia that we've seen on screen to date. Short runtime. Um, the the fact that this was adapted from a stage play says more than anything about this movie because I hate those movies and I can always tell that they're adapted from plays. But uh, the way that this is shot and edited and put together, it's like feels just like a movie um yes it takes place in an apartment and that's the only thing that would really clue you into it being a play um because the way that it's like seamlessly transitioned from between actors like changing and scenery changing and things like that it feels just much more cinematic and yeah we've talked about this movie a couple times we reviewed it on the show so listen to that episode but it is amazing all right rounding out the 70s at number 70 i have one that is probably pretty high up, more than it deserves, but nostalgia hits hard, and that is The Grudge. Nice. Mm, the original Grudge. I mean, the original American The Grudge, not Juon. Yes. And which I think it was the same director. Yeah, Takashi Shimizu. Takashi Sensei. <laughs> Takashi Sensei. So. What's that from? Naruto. That's Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> So, or no, it's Kakashi though. Kakashi, but yeah, I knew <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was the first horror movie I ever watched. No, it was the first one. No, I we watched pro- Gremlins back in the day, bro. That's not horror. Eh, yeah, not this really. was like the first pure horror movie I ever watched. This was in middle school and it f- fucked me up. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, bad. Yeah, I remember. I was terrified, but for some reason, and then we watched the ring like three days later. Yeah. But for some reason I was addicted and watched the ring and that was even worse. Oh yeah. The ring was bad. Welcome, it was even welcome worse. To the horror genre. And then that was it. Yeah. I guess that just like, that's what made me love. Like, cause I felt something when you're a kid, you don't feel things in movies. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have the empathy built up. Like I said, as you get older, you get the empathy. You can get more out of movies. I was a middle schooler at this time. Yeah, I had I no do. empathy or anything. And I watched this and it made me feel something for once from movies and maybe jumpstart my entire love of movies. And that's why you love the Nicola Pesky version of it. It's <laughs> fuck, you know. That, that's why I hate it so much. <laughs> because what this one was to me as a symbol more than just the film itself. It is competent. Sure. It is It is scary. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't affect me today at all. But like, 
I feel like people watching this for the first time that and don't want like that. It's a good horror film. And yeah, I mean, it's up this high for a reason. It was the first and I think it's pretty strong today. And just a, it's a good horror movie that I could recommend easily today. It holds up very well. Sure. Yeah. It's very practical. I mean, there's not like CG and stuff really. I just even think of the scene where the security camera with the hallway mm-hmm. going out. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I can still get those feelings from it, but I know if I watched it, it wouldn't be the same. No. Um, number 70 for me, Matrix Revolutions. Let's go. Higher than Kyle was, Higher but Kyle me. has. You love the Matrix more. <laughs> a lot more. Well, you have a lot more diary entries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't love it more, but loved it more than I thought I would. Mm. 100%. Does it get shit on a lot? Does it deserve it? I don't think so at all. Yep. I disagree because it knows what it is, and it's defending my, it's defending Zion. I mean, that's mm-hmm. their home. It's got it's fucking it is what it is, and it's fun, great action, and loved it. Well, not, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> loved it. Sure. Um. All right. Seventy one for me. It or seventy. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, 70. Uh finishing 70s. 70. The I believe the highest or the last documentary on my list. Also the longest movie on my list. Clocking in at 467 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Damn. <clears throat> it's OJ Made in America. Oh yeah. Cuba. This uh this documentary is just like a phenomenon to me. Um now some people might say, well, it's a TV show or whatever, but uh, it did air um, in theaters. Or sorry, air in theaters. It was uh, released in theaters, and <laughs> I actually, I, I ha- you have to watch it because that's how it's put out in episodes, which is unfortunate. But I did watch this all in one day, like pretty much back to back. So I think that's a testament to the movie itself and just how watchable it is. And it is insane how they tell this story like, they they chronicle like basically his whole life and i feel like that's so important with a subject like most documentary subjects i mean sometimes you can't warrant it like it's just the story can't warrant that much time but this is a man like crime that was like huge you have to know there's so much to know and sometimes documentaries like you feel like i really wish they dug into this more to like flesh these things out and that's exactly what this does so it's so satisfactory in that way like you need to know the backstory of his life you need to know the backstory of america because that's what this is that's what the you know the story is largely about is um you know covers like the la riots and the police brutality and like that time and i mean well still but anyway just everything about this documentary is amazing it's so watchable it's so long but like you could binge watch it in a day easily and yeah absolutely love it need to rewatch it but 69 the best one the best movie of all 69 so this one is about sex i was gonna say did you want to put shame in there (laughs) you would have to put it here so i got a very sexy movie number 69 and that's lamb so lamb is a movie i just watched it's Super ripe for a rewatch. I already have it pre-ordered for the 4K. I was gonna say. I, I, was, I was gonna say somebody has a 4K. Why didn't I not get mine yet? I don't know. Maybe I need to reorder it. Maybe I didn't actually order. Did you order the one from A24? Or yeah, the, from A24. That's what I need to order because I saw that one. I was that's 4K. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So soon I'll have that in 4K and I'll be watching <laughs> that again because Lamb blew me away. And this is a movie I thought, okay, A24s wants a second Tusk, which I liked. It was hated. There's Tusk. Critically. There it is. <laughs> Tusk. Yeah. I was foreshadowing. I thought it was going to be like that. I'm like, oh, lamb head baby, let's go. I'm in. And then I watched it and it's not. It is yeah, so deep. It. I'm still waiting for 4K. Oh, it's so deep. It. So like there's so much symbolism and like I did not even get close to all of it, out of it from one watch. And the ending is perfection. There's just so much. I do love the end. The <laughs> Some ending people is, hate the end. The ending is perfection. Leading into our like our premium, the ending a strong person who knows how to do endings, but this ending is fantastic. The scenery is absolutely stunningly beautiful. The cinematography just so and then the people they are nobodies and yet they act What? Naomi Rapachi is like huge. Okay. Some of the people most of the people involved aren't like anybody. Hundreds of them. <laughs> aren't really anybody. But it's He was a nobody. Yeah. The director is. Yeah, the director is, but I thought most of the actors I've never seen before. Well, they always well, they're huge. all like Icelandic. Yeah, whatever, that's so. what I'm saying. So they're like no one, but they killed it. It just felt so natural and so normal, despite the absolutely abnormal things that were occurring. And yeah, I loved this movie, and it definitely a pre-watch. If I'm going to say Kyle's, 69 seems pretty low. If I'm doing Kyle's a pre-watch, yeah, but I've only seen it once and. I will, but so it'll go up <laughs> 69. Out of five. 69 for me first of many from this acclaimed director oh god christopher nolan <laughs> first of many 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 you have one of his that low i'm surprised it's, <laughs> it's that low yeah i thought well, you have seen it one time your top six would be just his yeah. six movies <laughs> from oldest to newest top 15 you'll see a lot more of them. <laughs> <laughs> um and that is tenet only seen it once. I, I need do to need rewatch to it. that movie, but it's on HBO Max, mm-hmm. 4K. I need 4K. to rewatch it. Wasn't able to rewatch it before this. Wanted to, couldn't get it in. Um, but yeah, I I liked it more than most of you guys or YouTube did. But I didn't um, love it. No, one of his low. I, I mean, it's his lowest it. on this list, not his worst movie, I but lowest just on the list. It. Still made the list. Still made the list. But you will see a lot more. All right, my 69 is The Producers, not the whatever version, 1967. Uh, the Mel Brooks version, obviously. Um, yeah, Mel Brooks, I had Spaceballs earlier, and people that know me know that I love Mel Brooks. Fell in love with him pretty much right after Spaceballs, and I dug into his other movies. But um, I think this one is a better made movie. It's obviously more grounded. It's not trying to be a spoof of something it's just a comedy about these two one of them is a loser and um well i mean they're both losers i guess i should say uh but anyway they try to produce a a broadway flop and to make money from that and it's kind of just this scheme and it goes from there um another gene wilder performance that is amazing and yeah love this movie all right, now we're on to 68, and I have one that was stated before, and that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I agree exactly with what Joshua said. Fantastic visually, just so stylized, and it is the best game about, best 
movie about games. Best game about games. Best game about <laughs> movies there ever has been. So, yeah, uh, sixty-eight for me. Pixar Soul. Great. Wow. Great animation. Great sound. Wow. Pretty. Wow. Pretty high concept. Uh, a lot about uh, life and death and meaning. And Better than Inside Out. I oh, didn't yeah, watch it, definitely. so I don't know. Which, I mean, Inside Out's considered one of the best. I know, I don't like Inside Out. But I know, but same director, right? Pete mm-hmm. Doctor, yep. Monsters, Inc. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great movie. I don't mean we talked about it in a pre- uh, an episode, so I don't really go too deep, but... Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, 68 for me is my first Fincher flick, and that is Zodiac. Mm. Um, probably could use a rewatch on this. It I I, I almost added that to my it's list, but I while. couldn't remember enough about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've seen it, I think, three times now, but um, it was a while ago. It came out in 2007, so... Um, but yeah, no, this is just an amazing chronicling of that whole true story of the Zodiac Killer and um, the... What is the guy? Turns into a... What, is he a teacher? I think, to start? Anyway. They I never know. actually caught that Zodiac Killer. No, he's so at large. Well, they did have that. They did. That one thing. Yeah, they actually think they did find him now, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's just an amazing true crime yeah, story. No, yeah. I mean, it's what Fincher does best. Thrillers, crime thrillers. Yeah, this the whole story is amazing. Performances are amazing. Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Mark Ruffalo. Absolutely awesome. It's very long, but um, flies by. All right. Moving right along to 67. I have one that should have been 69, and that is Shame. Uh, what the fuck? I just told up. you you should have done that. I know. I could just flipped cheap. it on the spot. I yeah. sure just did it. <laughs> so, yeah, shame. So what are you, fucking moron? Wasn't loved as much by you guys, but... He loved it. I said as much. Yeah, I like it a lot. I didn't. I loved <laughs> this movie. It was so beautiful. Extra and points for the dong. Extra points for the dong. We're going to talk about some dong soon. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Bronson had some dong, I forgot to mention. Not like shame. (laughs) Not like Fassbender. Not like Fassbender. Thought that thing was a prosthetic. Okay. (laughs) Hanging solo. Whoa. Weak. Should have made this movie 3D. Anyway. uh, So, but really, though, it was kind of a tragic story. Getting more serious on that. It was a very tragic story and showed how, like, how addiction in this case, sex addiction, can really lead him to such dark places despite how being successful he was. You know, success doesn't mean you're going to be have a happy, great life. And that shows it with his very human and dark and imperfect character. And I thought it was so well done, so well shot, so well acted, and well written. And uh, that's why it's at this high on my list. 67. Already been talked about, so I don't have to say much about it. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Kyle. Cool. Uh, My 67, speaking of dongs, is Antichrist. Oh. Oh, that had a real sex in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Lars von Trier directed. Man, that, uh, first that movie scene made me want to throw up. Is <laughs> unsimulated sex with Willem Dafoe and um, Charlotte Gainsbourg. But it was porn stars, right? No. Oh, yeah, it was body oh, doubles. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Oh, okay. Those were porn stars. He always yeah. used body doubles for the most right. part. Yeah. 
but it's still unsimulated. Yeah, it was unsimulated though. That's pretty insane. Yeah, not yeah. I guess not literally. Them. I'm saying the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. But they mean. were porn star <laughs> body doubles. Yes. <clears throat> um, yeah, no. I think this movie is amazing. It looks amazing. There are like it. these dream like sequences where it just looks so like artificial, but re- like. I don't know. It's it's crazy how it looks. I don't know how he gets that aesthetic because he does the same thing in the house that Jack built when he represent he recreates that um, classical painting, but mm-hmm. there, he's in it. You know what I'm talking about? Have you I've ever seen see House that. of Jack built? Yeah, yeah. But you know, forever that ago. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I've seen this too. It kind of looks ago. similar to that, but yeah, no. This movie is extremely fucked up. Um, it's so fucked. Up. A lot of people <laughs> hate it. But um, yeah, I'm a sick fuck, and I loved it. It literally that one part I'm a sick where fuck, I like the sick fuck. I where like where she's like mass. Oh, she jerks the him off. Blood comes, comes blood. Yeah. Oh, and then she cuts her own clit off. Yeah, it's so like literally, it made me <laughs> yeah, disgusted. I've watched a lot of <laughs> fucked up because I like those kind of movies. Yeah, Solo. And this is that one, your top hundred? I've seen worse movies than even. I mean, Solo. No, fuck no. It was really one of the most fucked up. But like this was like. Oh man, yeah, this it's bad. It's yeah. oh, it's a good movie. I need to rewatch it though. I, I remember, I, yeah. I mean, the things there are. There's a lot of things in this that it's not. It's more than just being fucked up, right? There's um, yeah, yeah. I love like the whole the uh, pain, grief, and like um all like the three the three beggars and like how that interweaves the chapters of the movie and like what her thesis is and how it comes back to like she fully believes this you know, the nature of women and like men. And there's, there's a lot of things at play here and it is not what some people would like criticize it as like just being a misogynistic, like piece of garbage. Uh, not at all. No. Yeah. I think it's deeper than that. And you can find a lot more than that. And the last thing I want to say about it is, did you know who edited this movie and other Von Trier movies? Edgar Wright. No. <laughs> Daddy. Reffin, Anders Reffin. Never heard of her. Anders Reffin is Nicholas Winding Reffin's dad. Really? He works. He worked with a lot of uh, on a lot of Montreal films, and that explains a lot. I guess that makes a sense <laughs> why it looks like that. Yeah. yeah. How does that pass down genetically? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I found that out. Like literally, like found that out. And I was, pff, my mind was blown. <laughs> and your load. Oh yeah. Load. <laughs> Uh, moving on to 66, the first appearance for Chris for me, mm. that's Inception. Damn, that low. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Inception is a fantastic movie and I, there's not much to say about Chris Nolan uh, that ha- hasn't been said by us in a premium or just in general. In general. <laughs> he is somehow in this place where he can just do these artistic things that people who just want to critically review film can love and enjoy and pull from, but also just, you can totally disregard, not care about that at all. You can and take it at face value. You can just enjoy it as just a fun action, mind bending. Ooh, that's crazy movie. And this is, yeah, one of the pinnacle of that, right? I mean, Tenet, you could say is similar in the aspect to what this is doing, but a little higher. <laughs> but I feel like this is a much better done version of that than Tenet was. We know mm-hmm. why. His yeah, boy, because it, his, brother, his brother was in it. it. Yeah, yeah. His, brother his brother helped. It, yeah. yeah, write it. Missing piece. Yeah, he was the missing piece. So there we go. 
66. Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Yeah, nice. I, I almost added that to it, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, another like sort of coming of age. Uh, Timothy Chalamet's in it as the love interest who we, we adore as a actor, an up-and-coming actor for sure. I'm sure he'll be talked about at least once once more the rest of the way. You think? At least <laughs> once. <laughs> if not by me, <laughs> by somebody else. Maybe once or twice more. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, coming of age, um, ca- very uh, comedic. Love the um, the relationships between the, uh, our main character. What I was, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorison. Oh, Sersha Ronan. Sersha. Yeah, Sersha Ronan. Whatever. Yeah. Great. Uh, her relationship with her mom and Just dad. Just throw is. in some Irish in there, and you can. Sersha Ronan. Sersha. Sersha Ronan. Yeah, that sounds right. That uh, of the morning. Uh, another uh, a blind spot for me is Greta Gerwig. Uh, super, super uh, blind Gale. spot. Nice. No, that's Jennifer Kent. You always do that. She only has a couple of movies. What do you mean? I always do. I've do never that. seen yeah. uh, Little Women. I haven't seen Frances Ha. Mm. I want to see Little that Women. Was, yeah. She didn't direct Frances Ha. I thought she did Frances Ha. She stars in it. So oh. That was directed by Noah Baumbach. Okay. <laughs> Duh. She does, she does one more. Her, his <laughs> muse. Either way. Still. Lady Bird. You'd like Frances Ha, though. It's good. I'm sure I will. <clears throat> Uh, my 66 is Lamb. Hey, we were about. close together on that. Yep. Uh, yeah, this movie totally blew me away in theaters. It's was probably the best looking movie of that year. Totally. He's getting snubbed for the Oscars. Uh, can't wait to rewatch it on 4k. I think the ending is absolutely amazing. And there's a lot of, um, symbolism and allegories going on here that, uh, you can really dig into and yeah, just amazing. All right, 65. I have another one that's a little controversial here, maybe. And that is The Green Knight. Mm, no. I I mean, my rating is still low, but the more and more I think about that movie, just the more, like, I have it. I have it on 4K. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I have it on 4K, too, and <laughs> I have rewatched it. I need to do that still. Yeah. And it is a movie that just slowly moving up for me because it is so... Slowly, 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 slowly <laughs> no, moving up for you. Don't even like a ghost story was slow. This is like ghost story exactly fit. like what this fits. No, I mean it's bringing a poem that is literally like a thousand years old into modern times and having it relevant with a coming of age they didn't tale. Bring in modern times. What they didn't bring in modern times? Kinda environmentalism was, was environmentalism was an allegory in this. Mm-hmm. They're in coming of age. Like they made it. He didn't just take the story and follow it exactly. And the end, another one. If I want you want to talk about endings, I love. I loved the ending oh, of this movie. Puke. I oh yeah, loved, the ending was like, incredible. I loved. The ending was probably my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> the ending was so perfect. I saw the end. I just wanted to look around and see it. The mad face of people with how it ended because <laughs> it was so perfect. And I know people will hate it for the ending. But yeah, fantastic David Lowry movie. 65. Already talked about. Loose. Mm, love that. I know. I was like, I thought I thought I'd be lower than you. you but you oh, also, like I said, your diary is. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot <laughs> more expansive. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Okay. 
65 for me is The Neon Demon. Ooh. 2016, Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, this movie is absolutely gorgeous. I think, yes, there is a lot of style, but it doesn't sacrifice the substance necessarily. Uh, our house, Mean Girls. Don't. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the critique on the modeling industry, just like the her change in character, like her whole arc, like is she, you know, she is becoming this person that she really wasn't raised as and I guess goes back again to a lot of nature and nurture stuff. But yeah, some like if you were to take some like stills from this movie, you would have like just some of the most interesting oh, looking yeah. like pieces of art, like especially that triangle scene. Oh yeah. I mean, the there's so many scenes. The metam- like metamorphosis. Oh cocoon. my God. The gold scene. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many. The scenes. first shoot she does with the blood. Like, yeah. There's uh, so many scenes. Yeah. Looks great. Oh yeah. Absolutely incredible. Has some giallo film, uh, giallo at the end. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, 64. Finally, we hit the first one of these on the list, and that is My Neighbor Totoro. Mm. Miyazaki film. Mm-hmm. It does any more need to be said? Yeah. yeah, like it's Miyazaki. He doesn't miss. And I'm sure he'll come back later. Uh, maybe he's ancient at this point. No, no, no. I'm saying for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he will. He is coming back. Yeah, he is coming <laughs> back. He's making a new. He's film retired like three times. But yeah, <laughs> literally. When the wind rises was yeah, the last, last one. one. <laughs> the one before that was the last one, and now he's here. He comes. This again. is the real last one. This okay. The, I mean, pretty soon it I will think, be I'm because he's like ninety. <laughs> He, how old is he? Seventies? Probably. No, 80s. he is like ninety. Hundred and thirty-two years old. <laughs> My bad. He's eighty-one. Eighties, yeah. So Japanese, Japanese so people live to be a hundred. got twenty years. He's left. got a hundred minimum. <laughs> yeah. So I expect him to finish, keep going, and he's a year. Yeah. I want a hundred-year-old Miyazaki. Film. He's got time to retire like three more Can times. Can you imagine a director making a film at hundred? Yeah, Clint Eastwood's about to do it. <laughs> yeah, but he's terrible now. So he's still. Ma- you didn't say good films. You said make a film. I That's true. That's true. He is by, in his nineties. I want a one by a great. Clint Eastwood that is great. has a century of experience, <laughs> almost. I guess he wouldn't have a century. Eastwood has. I want someone with that many decades of experience. Eastwood. Fuck Clint Eastwood. It's, All right. He's falling yeah, apart at the fuck. seams. He insists on being in his movies. That's his problem. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> 64. Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Wow. Ooh. Loved. I need to rewatch that one because I did not. We love all it. loved like, this. I didn't oh, love didn't. it as much you guys did. You're an idiot. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. Apparently, some of the best uh, practical. Idiot. It was disgusting. Effects. Yeah, it was disgusting. In the transitional periods. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that stuff. So man. good. The wax. Christopher Abbott. Yeah. Moving his way up my actors list. Um, amazing in this. Corona. One of his. I mean, obviously, he's a son of a legend, but he hasn't done a ton, right? No. Brandon, no. yeah, and I can't wait. And um, this is, this is one that it was a four and a half, and uh, I'm pre-watching, pre-rewatching it at a five. Very cool. My sixty-four is first film from the Coens, Fargo. Ooh, damn, damn. that's another no, one. No, yeah. not Fargo, but there's the, no, the, Fargo. the big one. I fucking didn't even think about. You better just swap it out. For I need to. I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> I need that's to, an right? absolute must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to. Hold on. Let me go. <laughs> you don't my, have that on your list. You're let me fucked. go through my list. Um, 
No, but Fargo is just <laughs> such an anomaly of films because it's this crime thriller, but that's like obviously set in the Midwest, uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Just these characters are so amazing. Like, I mean, that's what everybody talks about in this movie is the characters, especially um, Marge Gunderson, just her, her demeanor and, you know, being pregnant the whole movie. It's just the Coen's usually the writing is top notch and it's absolute, you know, stu- it's just amazing in this movie. And cinematography is great. The score is great. Uh, I think it was Carter Burwell did the score here. Um, yeah, it's just it really is a very extremely unique movie, and uh, I love I love what it spawned. I love the show Fargo. I just love this universe and everything that it's it is and came from it. Yeah, it's great. If you guys have seen Fargo, then go fuck yourself. I mean, what are you doing with your life? I have, and I didn't even think about it. It was. It's amazing. It, it is. is great. Yeah. So, uh, 63, mm-hmm. we have The Departed. Nice. Banger. A Scorsese uh, film. It was on our premium for that as well. I didn't love it as much as I originally did because of I found a fatal flaw. I don't oh remember my. at the time, but it, <laughs> I don't remember it now, but I knew it. It's the Listen ending. To that. You were bitching about the ending. Yeah, because it's something fucked up completely. That no, they you said it was that. corny. No, and then me and Josh. I found proved something wrong. completely yeah. wrong. <laughs> you no, know, that's not true. Oh, you fucking yeah! Listen to premium. Listen to premium this where I world. just <laughs> break up where this film messed up. But it is phenomenal, and obviously with the talent involved in it, you wouldn't expect anything less than that. So, yeah, I'm sure every you've all seen this already. So, mm-hmm. um, let me. <laughs> Go back up because I have spot. To, yeah, I got to get back. Um, what number again? Sixty three. Sixty three for me is Kyle's favorite movie of twenty fourteen, The Babadook. Oh my god! Okay, I can't believe that made That's it. Fucking embarrassing. I don't. Well, I, love I didn't love it the first time I watched it. I liked it less than the next time I watched it. It's okay. Four star. Yeah, I'm working it down <laughs> to get. I'm trying to get it down to a half star because that's how bad it is. <laughs> Loved the Babadook. Loved it first watch. Loved it second watch. Loved it even more the third watch. Loved it even more the fourth watch. Movie I can keep going back to. Loved Yikes. the entire sense of dread. Loved the relationship. Love Essie Smith in it. Um, loved it all. The Babadook. Go ahead. Okay, my... What are we on? 63. God. 63, sorry. Uh, I was looking at something else. Uh, my 63 is Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Uh, this is actually a comedy from Stanley Kubrick. And this movie is Did more... you laugh? Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, it's it's a, it's actually... A, it really is a hilarious takedown of... Um, yeah, just like the Cold War and... The idea of nukes. I've talked about this recently on the show, so I, I mean, it's pretty hilarious on, that us with Russia, we used to be like fighting and stuff. Yeah, and like there was a chance that there might be a war between Russia and U.S. Could never pretty, happen. yeah, good thing that will never happen again. Yeah, honestly, you might want to rewatch this now. It's uh more <laughs> relevant than it has ever been. As we've, can we stop <laughs> living through historic events? Yes. Yeah. Hey, history is doomed <laughs> to repeat itself. So. <laughs> No, yeah, it's a pretty classic movie. Um, a lot of people have seen it, um, but it kind of, 
I mean, in terms of Kubrick's oeuvre, it kind of falls under the radar. So um, move it to the top, maybe, because it's a banger. Also, Peter Sellers in this movie plays three people, which is absolutely incredible. So moving on to 62, another one that's probably not on your guys' list is uh, Ran. Oh, I have that. Oh, I didn't watch it. Ran. (laughs) (laughs) Ran, another Kurosawa film. So. Ran is absolutely stunningly beautiful to this day. So you have it above Seven Samurai, which we liked but didn't love. So you're saying it's better than that. It is better than that. I think it's much more accessible too. Mm. Yeah, I do think it's in it. I mean, it's 160 minutes too versus Seven Samurai. Yeah. So it's definitely, and I just think it's crazy in itself that it was made in 1985. And you can <laughs> compare that to Seven Samurai, which was 50? Probably 52, 53. So the fact that he was still like able to put out this kind of stuff. And he was he 53. 54. Yeah, and this was 85, so 30 years later. And he's still going, and mm-hmm. he killed it. Ran is so f- beautiful. so And it's in color this time, so you really... Working with that versus what he had to work with before. And mm-hmm. now he's in color and he kills it again. And the amount of people and stuff that must have been involved with this, I can't comprehend. Like, because there's so many people on horseback, there's so many people in extras setting up war. And this CG didn't exist for decades before after this, right? Even this yeah. is 85. So, I mean, oh, before okay, that. a decade before that. What? Real CG? Oh, yeah, not real CG. Like, Toy Story is 95, where he <laughs> determined that doesn't look great today. There's no CG in this. There's no CG in this. So the fact that this was just all real is kind of insanity. A guy gets hit in the back by an arrow, and I remember hearing the story that they just actually shot a guy in the back with an arrow. They just put a pad there, and they're just like, yeah, we're going to shoot that pad on your back. You know the first movie with CGI? Tron, 1982. Oh, so this was after Tron. Tron. But this didn't use any CG. Well, yeah, but so. why would you use CG? Then? <laughs> yeah. And Tron doesn't hold up very well. Tron's infinitely better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would Neither say that the newer Tron was better than the original. Whoa. And people hated that. But anyway. So, yeah, fantastic. Watch it. 62. Sator. Yikes. I was ready for that to hit the list. I'm like, <laughs> you know where's the coming. next one with the person who only had did one movie ever? <laughs> yeah. And only did one movie and he, and did, he did everything, everything in, the in the movie. Yeah. Literally even was the gaffer. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking held the mic to it. <laughs> like he did, literally did everything in this movie. I had to give him a nod. The fucking guy paid for this movie himself. Like that's awesome. And it is a very stunning movie. Like in general, like just the entire the the setting the ambiance the the feel everything is um perfectly entwined with with the next you know feature and like that i mean obviously you would think that would happen with somebody that's in complete creative control like there's not a movie that you're gonna watch that has more creative control than this guy had the guy who did every part of it other than acting it like and there was like three actors so um great fucking movie had to give it a little nod uh and super good jacob you're just, you motherfucker you have to watch these watch movies that, that me and kyle keep telling i watch the movies you tell me to watch you don't watch any fucking movie. i do watch some of Jane. them but there's a lot jail 
Yeah, little nod. It's number 62 of all time. All right. <laughs> Fuck my number 62. My so 62 is Enemy, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Enemy is a great psychological thriller, low budget, and it gets better every time you watch it. Don't really want to spoil the plot or any twists that happen, but um, yeah, you can find more and more every time you watch this movie, and the not subliminal, but metaphorical imagery in this is amazing, and the spiders look fucking cool <laughs> over the city, looming over the city. It's one of my I favorite do. shots, just that one shot of just like oh, it's so good, a yeah. giant spider over the city, just... Is that the, it's awesome. Is that the one with the like spider painting <coughs> on the ceiling? I don't remember. Yeah. It's f- Denny's first English film. I know. The first one I Very watched when I was in 20s, 20s. 2013. I so. watched. I've seen all of his. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. This one's quick. Uh, 61, I have The Raid 2. Oh, yep. Better than the first. Better than the first one. And so same director. I mean same actor it's basically they're like oh the first one had zero story it was all action this this guy can't do anything else but it was good and then he's like okay i'm gonna put a story too but also still have amazing action there you go and it's also great not much more to say about it <laughs> um not to be confused with gareth edwards um <laughs> 61 purely purely out of personal preference <laughs> and that, that's because i've seen this movie countless times and that is how the grinch stole christmas oh, oh there God. it is my quintessential christmas uh, movie you always watch on the 23rd 23rd though. of every year yeah. <laughs> still there still doing it and you know gotta give it love when you've seen the movie mm-hmm. as many times that i have I mean, was, that's a movie i, I like can quote word for word yeah so all right 61 is for me sing street uh, 2016 movie directed by John Carney. Uh, he's mostly known for doing musicals, and that's kind of what this is. Um, but a lot of the music is original, and it's all done by kids. It's kind of like the uh, Irish or uh, English, sorry, UK. Um, no, it's Dublin, so Ireland. <laughs> perfect. Um, kind of like the Dublin, the no, School of Rock. Oh, <laughs> oh I guess it's not the UK. Yeah, it's, it's just Ireland. Dublin. Oh, yeah. it's actually um, Ireland. Yeah, I said Irish first. I don't know why I doubt myself. Uh, Anyway, no. Yeah, just characters, super likable characters. I mean, it's very much a coming-of-age story, but just the music in this is incredible, and it feels so nostalgic watching it. Josh, I think you fucking are high for not seeing this yet because it's an 80s movie, and the music in it is very 80s, and it's just incredible. Yeah on the list i'll yeah. put it in my you need to bump it way up the list um, i think I'll you would love it. it it's with uh me and carissa have a list of potential movies to watch together yeah, so we'll put this one and look at high, number one kind high up there emma oh god i don't know that's gonna be a great movie to watch with her but i don't know what she's oh, wait, doing so she's watched one? everyone that i've seen okay pablo lorraine yeah, yeah. pablo lorraine I, movie i do have that on my list yeah um no yeah put this up there it's it's amazing all right, rounding out the 60s, I have I Saw the Devil. Nice. Still need to see this. So you never seen Jean, it? Nope. Kim Ji Is that the greenhouse scene? Is that the movie with the greenhouse? Oh, it's so end, good. Yeah. Ooh. So this was, you like, if you like at all revenge movies, 
this is probably the one of the best ones and yeah this was also during that kick uh, in 2010 if you look all of the korean movies i loved at the 2010 there's like such a strong time right there for well, i mean korean like are, horror revenge like, yeah like korean movies are doing i mean they're great now but like that was the time when i really broke out into them park chan wook bong joon ho kim ji woon like they're all like killing it at the same time Is and, Busan, are we gonna see that later Maybe. I was gonna say if you have I saw the devil, you don't have I thought you liked Train to Busan more. I Train to Busan I thought was a different <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying that, that yeah, kinda but yeah. I saw the devil. If you like revenge flicks, yeah, the you need to watch this. Yeah. It is fantastic and you'll love it. <laughs> it has that one Korean guy who's in so many Korean movies. I don't even know his name. The actor, uh, Chua Min Sik, he's in so many. Yeah. He's so good every time. Mm-hmm. This is no exception. Number sixty. Already been talked about. Pure nostalgia. Jacob and I have seen it probably thirty times together. Born Ultimatum. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Best of the trilogy, or yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Identities second. That's supremacies. All right, my number 60 is Sin City from 2005. Um, Directed by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller, who usually only does the writing. Uh, Honestly, it has been a while since I've seen this, but it just is totally up my alley regardless. Um, Just the, you know, style of it, the violence, the comic book to screen or graphic novel to screen adaptation of it. Uh, yeah, like I love how it's in black and white with the flashes of color. There's just a lot of things in this movie that work for me. And um, I think obviously nostalgia probably overrides some of the flaws that I would be able to see in it now. So definitely need to rewatch it, but still love it. And um, yeah, I uh, think, do I need to see the second one? No, I've seen the second one. I need to rewatch the second one too. It's been a long time. Anyway, first one's a banger. I always thought like for the longest time, I thought that was Zack Snyder. Robert like Rod. obviously I knew that, but yeah, for the longest spirit time, tried was. to rip off, the like tried to be doing yeah. the same thing, and it's dog shit. And that's Zack Snyder. That no, that movie. I don't know who. Directed oh, I was that. gonna that say Spirit terrible, definitely though. ripped off hard, <coughs> so bad. Jacob, all right, because right. we had to fifty nine, classic, Loquisha seventies. They made a maze. Eighties movie. Eighties. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you have an eighties movie on here. I do. <laughs> it's uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, God. <laughs> so Return of the Jedi was my favorite growing up. Uh, Our dad's favorite, too. Yeah. Most people love Empire. Mine, Mine was Return of the Jedi. <clears throat> and New Hope more when I got later. And but When you knew what film was. I'm yeah. <laughs> but Return of the Jedi, I mean, what is there to say about this movie? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's any amazing. single person that's listening to this has seen Return has of seen Jedi, Return so. Jedi. It's better Empire. Fuck you. <laughs> wow, fifty nine for wow. me is low for you two. That's okay. Parasite, Bong Joon Ho, movie of the year. Don't speak so soon. <laughs> it's gonna be what's well, gonna be Kyle's next one too. Turn up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no Parasite. I didn't love it as much as you guys did. I do think it is a very well-directed movie. I think the story is very good. 
it just didn't do it for me. It just didn't have that it factor that a lot of other films do for me. Not knocking it. Personal preference, obviously, it's the, like the number top five rated movie. Number on one Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Number uh, is one. it number one? Yeah, it's number one. Nerd, yeah, yep. Um, I I think that that is overrated for sure. And I even I even was felt a little high on my initial rating, but can't knock it. It is what it is. It's just it just like I said, it didn't have that it factor for me. So that's number fifty nine. Alrighty, my 59 is Memento from Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah, I think this movie is incredible. It kind of was super, I don't know if, I don't want to say revolutionary because I'm sure it probably has been done before, but uh, done to an extent where, I mean, it was probably the most popular movie that had done that. Um, telling well, the story chronologically backwards. Our dad, like, literally was... Oh, you got this movie starts at the end and goes to the being like yeah, it was right. just a thing of that era. Yeah, I mean, like it, like I said, I don't want to say revolutionary. I have a lot of movies I haven't seen, but did it like so well and just executed perfectly. Uh, like again, one of those movies that starts at the end, but like you're you're enticed, you're hooked the whole time, and you're unraveling this mystery. Um, all the flashbacks to the oh fuck, what's that guy's name? JG. Steven Tobolowski in this movie. Like oh. he's kind of like just this goober actor, but like back at this time like You're talking about JG? Um Sam. Sammy Jenkins. The character like the flashbacks to that, him telling that story oh, like over and so over again. Good, like yeah. how that reveals like plot details is like amazing. I don't know. Just yeah, what what else did you say about Memento? It's great. All right, so before we move on to fifty eight, we have finished our beers and we have a new one now. So we are moving on to Furious IPA, which is by had this one, Surly Brewing Company. We've had stuff from Surly before, uh, from Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is coming in at 6.7% ABV and 100 IBUs. Opposite end of um, Hazy Wonder. Yeah, we're going way up. <laughs> Apparently, I get this was when I could do the 10. Yeah, I was going to say, I gave it 3.4. 3. 4. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh, so which I says, still have access to. The beer I, that built Surly... So Surly is a big brewing company now, and this is the beer that built them. It's almost like a, a dirty bastard for founders. Fuck. Aggressively be. hopped and citrusy, but with a chewy caramel malt background. Hmm. Or sorry, background backbone. Devil's backbone. 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 GLT. Um, <laughs> yeah, five. this is uh, this is gonna be pretty bitter. Hoppy, like we're uh, bitter. Yeah, much much more of that IPA. I fucking one. hope so. Josh is ready for it. Apparently, I didn't love it before, though. <laughs> Jacob loved it, a 3.4. I love Ruination 2.0. Ruination is what made me fall in love with IPAs. I also puked in the bathroom at Buffalo Wild Wings after. For Kyle's 21st. It's that caramel backbone I don't like. <laughs> Ugh, I'm worried. I'm super worried now that I smell it. Ugh, it smells like pennies. Um, Is it my turn or your turn? My turn. It's that that caramel backbone I don't love. I don't mind it. It's fine. It's Very aggressive, but it's almost yeah. raisiny. Oh, yeah. love it! It's pretty good. Man, now this is I gonna be hard to slam, so we're gonna start. I think I like here. it less than I like. I don't know. It last time, you're gonna slam this thing. The this is my IPA. Part, I don't. No, it's not that bad. It's 
Well, almost tastes like a red kind of. Yeah, reminds yeah. Me exactly. Of a red. It does. Have you ever had um, red IPA from outside? I don't know about Did that you? one specifically, but I've had a red IPA. Obviously, I don't know if it was the one from outside though. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty similar though. Similar. It is a very. Yeah. That's a very good comparison. You no, you, you hit it spot on <laughs> with the red IPA. Yeah. Make up. Go. I'm checking it in. Continue talk about your beer. I don't want to. I want to talk. All about right. <laughs> Number fifty-eight. I have the Handmaiden. Probably could oh. go up, but it's been so long since I've watched it. Well, it might go up. I'm, it might, it, yeah, maybe a little sneak peek. Uh, a it's gonna be my premium. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you haven't seen any, and you need to. Fuck that guy. No. <laughs> so Handmaiden is Park Chan Wook again around when I was. <laughs> Getting super into uh, Korean films. <laughs> so Handmaiden is a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. Love it. 58 for me. Recent one. Also my number one film of 2020. Beanpole. Ooh. Almost. Almost. Almost cracked your top didn't, 100. Didn't, but <laughs> Was it close to yours, Kai? Probably not. No. Well, yeah. Um. Loved it. Loved the colors. Loved the every. I mean, some of the some of the visuals that you had to, that you had to go through the her being a war nurse, the, the type of things that you saw. Very intense. Very good. Um, surprisingly good, actually. We were, I think we were all kind of pretty surprised by this movie. I mean, I'd like to definitely the least of you guys, but mm-hmm. you two, and the three of it us. It is uh, Ukrainian, words. Russian, Ukrainian, one of the two. Um, but about yeah. to be the same soon, right? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Jesus Christ, calm down there, chieftain. I think. Got <laughs> 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 That's not going to age well. I don't even know what you said, to be honest. <laughs> They're about to be the same because Russia's Because Russia's like oh. on the border of Ukraine right now. Okay. <laughs> Didn't catch that, but sure. If you're listening to this five years from now, let us know what happens. Yeah, how'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> did it happen or not? <laughs> What's life like? <laughs> Are did the nuclear war happen? Is it sticks and stones now? Like, how did you listen to our podcast? Because we want to really judge the metrics at that point. Yeah, what fallout shelter are you in? <laughs> <laughs> On episode we'll five hundred, we'll it. come back to this. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fifty-eight for me is Jaws. And if you don't know about Jaws, then just fuck yourself. Is that the shark movie? <laughs> it's about dolphins. Yep. Talked about, dolphins. <laughs> talked about Is it that recently? the documentary about dolphins? <laughs> Octo- octopus teacher. <laughs> I should have made the list. Yeah. Uh, talked about it recently, and it's one of the most classic, famous movies of all time. So, yeah, not much else to say. One it's of the great. best mishaps in a movie of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah, like so. Yeah, shark not working, not working properly, worked out for the betterment of the movie. Sure did. Uh, coming in at 57, I have The Wailing. I'm, maybe Ooh. makes Kyle's list. We'll see. It's got to make Kyle's know. list. There's no way it doesn't. Another Korean film. This is Nan Hong Jin. The only movie I've seen by him. Or, yeah, him. Three hours long. It, it's but long. It's not three hours long. It's no, 256. Oh, 257. I thought it was like three hours. <laughs> no, it was no it's hours. less than three No, no, no. Hours. Two, hundred, two hours and 56 minutes. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I don't know what that it's is. It's two hours and 36 minutes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so it's really not that bad. 
it is a long movie, but it encompasses so many genres. And I, it is a horror movie, but not so much in the sense you're thinking of. It's more of the my type of horror movie where it's just oppressively, God, <laughs> oppressively dark and just has that tension atmosphere and that gloominess that just like hangs over you. And that's the kind of horror I like now. And this hits that in many genres at once. Cool. 57 for me. Safety Brothers. Good time. Move, moved wow. way up on, on my there. list. I knew that would be there. No, you didn't know that. I knew it would be on the list. Because you, you just talked about how you liked it more. Well, my first time watching it. Yeah. Didn't love it. Second time. after So watching Good Time, watching Uncut Gems, watching Good Time again, and watching Uncut Gems again. Good Time is better than Uncut Gems. I think Robbie P, our boy. See, I've only seen each once, I think. so. I've seen each twice, so I, I think I have a very have good... Worst judgment on that. Judgment on it, and Good Time is better. And, yeah, I mean, I watched it on the flight to Louisiana. Perfect run time. Amazing run time. And Safety Brothers are good at hecticness. Yeah, they so. keep that going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, great movie. All right, my 57 is Princess Mononoke. My favorite Miyazaki film. Um, this is Surprise, it's so low. Yeah, this is the one that... Uh, well, it, we're, Jake, we're, I'm almost in top 50. Yeah, I told you, like, top my top 50, 50 is... Loaded. Bangers. Uh, no, yeah, I love this, uh, love this movie. Kind of got me into Miyazaki. Uh, I remember watching it at a young age. Just loving the story and the animation. And then as I got older, got to see more uh, of the parable nature of it. It's you know, one thing I just heard about Miyazaki films. Yes. He that? never has a villain. Mm, it's right. never evil. There's never, just, there's never just an evil person in his movies because he doesn't think people are just evil mm-hmm. inherently that evil comes from good people. That's true. Yep. Um. Yeah, so there's there's a lot to uh there's a lot more substance in this movie than um than just, you know, a action animated movie. There's there's a lot more to pull from it. And that's a lot of Miyazaki's films to, you know. Yeah. So, it's almost like he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's Them okay. Japanese people do it right. Mediocre at best. All right. 56. Mhm. I don't and this might be the highest documentary I have. Painter and, and thief. thief. There it was. I knew it was coming to years. I'm surprised Kyle doesn't have it on his I list, was too, actually. It's only four and a half. Man. He has a much bigger... Yeah, his are all like five stars. Well, but, no, they're not. <laughs> Tommy Boy was a four star. Yeah. I, the, I, like I said, from uh, since we crossed Quiz Show, or yeah, Quiz Show, which was way down there, every movie has been five stars. Not me. Mine's not until like top 20. Kyle has triple R <laughs> diary, though. So, Yeah. I mean, Painter and Thief is, as far as I can think of the top of my head right now, while inebriated, is we're not even halfway, Jacob. Is the best documentary I've ever seen, and the ending is phenomenal. Oh yeah, (laughs) phenomenal. The final shot. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and the whole movie, the whole documentary is. It feels like I say movie because it feels like a film. Like you said that. It feels like that. So, yeah, it's fantastic. I recommend that to anybody who likes documentaries at all. 
Hate or em. movies. Or <laughs> film at all. Or painters or thieves. I mean, <laughs> or paintings. 56. Matrix Reloaded. Banger. We'll hear about this one by the expert, I'm sure, at some point <laughs> later. Mm-hmm. But all I got to say is, on this movie, the highway scene. Kyle. Banger. All right, my 56 cool. is... A first-time watch, probably one of the highest first-time watches I have on here, <coughs> and that is Stalker by Andrei oh. Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, way higher. This movie is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's on so many lists of greatest movies of all time. Like tons of people have seen this, but those are pretentious. It. So listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's up there for a reason. Um, yeah, I I love everything about this movie. Just the the themes that it explores, um, the characters in this, like I, I think each character is individualized so well and brings something different to the film. And it, I, I mean, I saw Annihilation first, but gave me those Annihilation vibes, which oh, yeah. I loved. So of the three Tarkovsky films, that's oh yeah, <laughs> this is probably the one I'll actually rewatch of the. Three. Oh yeah, definitely. oh yeah, I would. This is a this is a guarantee. It holds up yeah. so well. Yeah, probably the most rewatchable yeah. of those. All right, Uh, we are on 55 55 now, and that is Marriage Story. Fuck, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't think it'd be in my top one. I mean, five star across the board here, I remember. I think I gave it a 4.5. Did you? Mm -hmm. I think I did too. (laughs) (laughs) True, you gave it a (laughs) 4.5. Marriage Story just was like one of the most perfect representations of a realistic could go like, up though i'm not saying it definitely could, could go no up back. Mm. like writing acting just so many little details like her continue talking and like that stands on my mind her monologue continue to talk oh. into the other room and then come back like stuff like that just the writing was so realistic for like relationships and the darkness because it's not like there's a bad or good guy like they're we are humans we all have like he had good explanations why mm. he felt that way. She had good explanations why she felt that way. No one was right or wrong. They just it just they fell it's out of fucking, love. Just yeah. like people fall in love. Perfect representation of and it just was falling just out of love. Almost painfully Accurate, realistic yeah. in what love can turn into. Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, just the chemistry. It was fantastic. And I remember the letter. Oh. Yeah, I remember at the time. I couldn't think of anything that was wrong with the movie, and I still... I don't know why I didn't give it a five, to be honest. I, yeah, I don't know. To the now, why like, there's nothing negative about this no. movie. It is just so realistic and well done. 55. Oh. I was burping midwife. 55. 55. We got a movie. Uh, show <laughs> <going. Yeah. laughs> Sound like Lyle from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, I was gonna, mm, um, 55, A Star is Born. Wow. I love this movie. Fuck both of you. Kyle. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> um, love the movie. Love, love, love the movie. Bradley Cooper, directorial debut. And his only movie that he's directed. Hopefully. And Led Act. Fuck! I'm just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. <laughs> great movie. Lo- I actually love the movie. Brought like so much emotion out of me when I saw it. Still does to this day. It's it's sad. sad. Acted extremely well. Directed extremely well. Score. Obviously, the music in it is top 
notch. Like, I mean, it fucking won it best original soundtrack. Up. I mean, yeah, yeah. It definitely. I know the song. Yeah, and I mean, how many how many times have you seen a movie movie song go number one on a on a Billboard chart? Not very often. Uh, Let it go. Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. That one Frozen was not. Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> let it go from Titanic. No, Encanto. let it go Frozen. Let go of the door, Encanto. bitch. Encanto. Try, try to live. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are we on? 50. I don't fucking know. We're on beer six. Five. That's all I know. Beer 30. 55, 55. Kyle. Come on. My 55, which is funny. I said that. I just said, I don't know if there's another first time watch that is higher but <laughs> and there's literally the next, the next one this is, is higher. First time watch that's higher <laughs> this is the last one punches the dog in the face <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Layla. um this is higher <laughs> you're gonna smell some more beer and break any chairs on yourself i'm on the couch now thank <laughs> god um shit no, this is this a movie. fucking what's in this IPA? Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> this is the strongest one yet. Yeah, it is actually. Oh my God! All right, fifty-five. Spike Lee's <laughs> "Do the Right Thing." Oh, there. Spike Lee's "The Five Bloods." So oh, no. I went into this movie like not expecting much because of "The Five Bloods." Like I like Black Klansman a lot, but it didn't blow me away. Like Spike Lee just doesn't seem to be a director that is up. My, I still need to see a ton of his movies, but like, just not like up my alley. I loved but both of those. So I went into it like hesitant and like scene after scene after scene. I'm just like blown away constantly. Like the look of it, the sound, like the acting. I mean, everything in this movie hits so perfectly. And just need to rewatch this and great movie that you guys need to catch up with. It's true. All right, number 54 is one that I'm sure on both of your lists and probably higher is The Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, Oh. yeah, baby. Damien the Mace? Derek Sion France. Yeah, I was going to say. I think you were going to say Darius. I was like, he wrote it. (laughs) And, yep, really good. Wasn't as good as you guys thought it was, but I liked it. Oh, we'll hear about it later. A lot. (laughs) Uh, 54 for me, Hot Rod. Most, one, of, one of the most underrated comedies yes, ever. And made. I have to give if there's a comedy that makes me actually laugh, it's gonna fucking be up there for me. And this one is hilarious to this day. Highly quotable, which what you look for in a comedy. Like I, I mean, I mean right it, it mountain face. <laughs> well Boom. There's a flavor. Perfect exactly. <laughs> well Arnett kills it in it. I gotta say what's up to Sully. <laughs> Sullivan, you chose. <laughs> he died instantly the next day. And the next day. <laughs> Such a great His teeth were ground into dust. Due to a fine powder. <laughs> he died immediately instantly the next, the next day. day. <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, what else do we have to say? What, what? do you mean? <laughs> Where do you get off? Where do you get off? <laughs> What else do we have to say? <laughs> Hot Rod. It's great. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> All right. Uh, my and I 50- like to party. <laughs> my name is Rico. I like to party. <laughs> my 54. Another great comedy. Prisoners from Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. I knew it. <laughs> Hilarious movie. 
So oh, damn um, it, I didn't even think about that one. No, I did think about that, and I, it's gross the amount of times I could have put his <laughs> movie on here. I only have one. I yikes. don't have one. But yikes! I have more than one, but uh, no, yeah, Prisoners is absolutely incredible. Um, very great crime drama mystery, and it explores that uh, parental nature and just how far someone would go to do something for their kid. Moving right along to 53, I have Rocky 4. Damn, I think I have a single Rocky on here. I already talked about, uh, I mean, Creed 2 earlier on. Rocky 4 is... I love Creed 2 because Rocky 4, like if I'm from an objective sense, is not the best Rocky. Subjectively. But subjectively, it's the best it's Rocky. It's the best Rocky. <laughs> it's 90% sure. of it is a montage and like... But it just has everything I want in a Rocky movie, and in America versus Russia, bring me yeah, back up. Cold War. Uh, that will never happen again. How you doing, Ukraine? <laughs> How's it going five years from now? Are you guys still there? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just. I mean, it's the Rocky movie for me. I could watch this yep. every day. <laughs> I love this movie. I must break you. I must break you. If he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> Fifty-three. Batman Begins. Ooh. Second Nolan film. Mm. Worst of the trilogy. Mm-mm. Jacob, <laughs> you're an idiot. Rises it's not. is worse. Yeah, Rises trilogy. is worse. I agree. Sure. <laughs> anyway, Batman Begins. Talked about the premium. Nolan's became the DC, the Batman, tr- like the mm-hmm. director of. The quintessential Batmans that are clearly the best of all. We'll of them. see. True, Matt Reeves has to prove something. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think he didn't come and on. Batman. He ain't beating Dark Knight. Jack Nicholson. No, Tim Burton did not beat this one. Anyway, it's pretty go. good. Also, all right. My fifty-three is Mandy from Thanos Cosmatos. Oh yeah, my yeah. We'll hear <laughs> um, some more about this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more about this later, so I'll keep it brief, but the style in this movie is amazing. Um, It's just a movie that is not what you would expect. It's psychedelic, it's trippy, it's cerebral at the same time. There's, It's not totally style over substance. There's some more things going on here, and um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's literally an enigma. When, When is it set in? Where the fuck is it? (laughs) Like, there's so much going on. There is uh, a guy with a sword as his dick. So, like, what else is there to say? It's banger. Banger. Five-star movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. My 52 is Alien. Might be higher up, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. We'll see. But I love horror. What are you, fucking moron? And I love sci-fi. Ridley? Preach it, Ridley. And... I, I mean, I remember this one specifically because I was I had seen like every horror movie in existence at this point in the 2000s and high school. And I was like, I need to find what's the best horror. And Alien was always in near top of the list. Horror? Um, yeah. It's what a list horror. are you looking at? Mm-hmm. That's a horror movie for sure. I know, sure. but you look at top horror lists and that's not on there. Uh, it should be. I've seen it. I've looked at a hundred horror Okay, lists. sci-fi horror. I love sci-fi. I love horror. This is one of the best sci-fi horror movies, sure, if yeah. not arguably the best sci-fi horror movie. I mean, some people would argue that. Kyle will argue that later. And <laughs> <laughs> make a great case for it. And 
it looks good to this day holds up remarkably well and it's just yeah it's my favorite of the alien movies what a trilogy though i mean i love aliens cameron do one yeah yeah james cameron's aliens or interesting series yeah it's almost premium it's almost no it's honestly such a sadness that like it was like great fucking director great fucking director, great fun and there's just like alien movies were just like let's get the best directors and somehow make this like some random thing into this amazing art thing and yeah then, as soon as the studio got too and then they got it with yeah fincher yeah. and then it feels like it probably they probably were involved too much in jean pierre Genet's film yeah. like he's a good director but like that was a weird fucking movie i like the weirdness of that like four at least is weird to a sense of like it's so weird that it's kind of good Interesting, yeah. yeah. I though I did like AVP. It's not on the list, but no. nostalgically, I loved AVP. Also, um, next a first watch, and the first of this director, Bobheads. <laughs> Dave made a maze. Fifty-two. Is oh it? No, I'm just God. kidding. I'm just kidding. I was gonna <laughs> be like, yeah, fifty-two. The thing. Oh, John Carpenter's right. the thing. We talked about it like what last episode, the episode before. Yeah. Very recently, best practical <laughs> effects I think I've ever seen, and there I don't think there's many people that argue that. Like incredible, Lord of the Rings. Well, I was gonna say Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but yeah, some so. of the most intuit like the shit, the practical effects that happened were just mind blowing. It's I, beyond how just the fuck do you even do it? Like, yeah. Yeah, like that is like a creature that like, and they had like yeah, fucking a, like four things come out of the same hole. You're like, yeah, is it gonna stop? <laughs> nope, it just keeps going. You're like, how the f- how did they do this? <laughs> like, I have no idea. And then the isolation, yeah, great fucking movie, John Carpenter. I mean, his great when he's great, he's fucking great. Mm-hmm. All right, my whatever fucking number fifty two. Fifty two is. The Witch. Uh, yeah, this movie is incredible. Um, kind of kicked off the folk horror trend. Um, oh, yeah. In 2015. And it's, uh, it's still going strong. People are trying to make movies like this, but still have not been able to top it. Yeah, it uh, gives you enough. Doesn't show you too much, but gives you enough along the way. And a great runtime. And the fucking dialect Robert Eggers dug in yes. was 16th century to the T. Yes, he like, researched it so that way he could write it accurately. That's pretty crazy. You see it in theater? I one mean, of the one of the few That's crazy, but not for him. But this is one yeah. of those few movies, and I'm gonna say this now because it's gonna come up later, so I'm gonna talk about it now while we're here. One of the few movies that subtitles actually not few movies, but subtitles are almost needed. I mean, because I always of how, details, yeah, but, but the the dialect is dense. Well, yeah. I mean, when I saw I saw it in theaters, and I saw it with a couple other people that were like kind of talking during the thing, so I like moved three seats down so I couldn't fucking hear them. But it's still <laughs> so so dense dialect that like definitely benefits with oh yeah with a um Sub- with subtitles yeah 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 and repeat viewings tenant oh, needs yeah. subtitles too but we'll get that <laughs> fifty one. 51, Hunt for the Wilder People. Talked about it already. You already talked about it. 51 for me. Talked about it. The Wrestler. Banger. All right, my 51 is Matrix Reloaded, which we briefly talked about. 
highway scene is absolutely incredible. But I love all of the action <laughs> yeah, scenes. Yeah, I know you love the fucking in this movie. movie. The the staircase scene. staircase scene is fucking incredible. <laughs> it is good. So it is good. good. I thought <laughs> that was amazing. one of the best parts. Yeah, it is good. It's so corny, but it's so. I thought good. it was one of the best. The parts, opening, yeah. like even, I will admit that the scene, the first scene of uh, Smith multiplying himself and Neo fighting him was. It is kind of bad, like the it's a, CG, but like it doesn't hold up. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't hold up. But the level of it at that time was is, amazing. You have to think about it; yeah. is incredible. I like, do think it's a little long too. It is a little long. Yeah, but they were trying to show yeah. off I something know, that's never been done before. Now yeah. it's too long. Yeah, yeah I mean, I Still wish. Great. In hindsight, it's like, yeah, I wish they could have done more practical stuff, and like they just would have shot around it, but. I, like I still think it passes pretty well. Like obviously that, it's not right. a real honestly, person, but it okay. looks fine. Like, honestly, it, looks it makes sense for me even more now because yeah. I see it as like that was a digital world. So like the digital looking people kind of just that's what fit. I'm saying. They leaned into like yeah when they lean Matrix Reloaded. They leaned into it. This is a fictional world. Let's fucking do whatever yeah. the hell we want. So to they do can. Look I mean, when he flies fake. away in the beginning of the so first good. one, it's like that's the okay. We're entering into this totally separate landscape of like anything is possible. This is going to happen. It's shit's going to get crazy. And yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just, it's reinforced by the fucking sound effects used in that scene. They literally add bowling bowling pin sound effects to like, you know, I didn't notice that when you said it, when I watch it next, I'm like, I'm going to listen for it. I did hear it. Yeah. (laughs) I did too. And it was great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like probably my favorite action movie of all time. Ooh. No, well, it depends no. on what you consider action yeah. movie. I have higher movie. I have movies on here that will be higher, pure action, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think it's. I think it has the best action out of most movies. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, if you want to send us a question or comment, you can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Letterboxd and Untapped at The KG Project. I'm on both of those as JSAL517. That's JSAL517. And I'm on both platforms at Josh underscore Saldana. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. And that's pretty much it. I yeah. sorry I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I have a It is the number one on IMDb, yep. so yeah. Most is it people. yeah? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Your fucking chair just broke. The series of events that just <laughs> <laughs> Can you stand up? Good thing we should all sit. Were you leaning back? In <laughs> oh man! Did it break or did you <laughs> did you think it broke? No, dude, it's fucking like falling apart. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Not only did it like, break, it like happened, and then he threw the beer up in the air, all over himself. <laughs> Layla freaked out. It hit the, his face, the mic. His iPad, the other couch, all at the same time. Oh, that was good.